This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What is going on, you guys? We are here. Welcome. We made it. We did it. We did it, Joe. That's my Kamala Harris impression. Is that, is that good or not? We did it, Joe. Probably not very good, but we did do it. We've made it to episode 75, you guys. It's a milestone. Episode 75 of the 20 Podcast. I am your host, DJ Spider. DJ Spider. That's right. Welcome to the podcast. You know, as always, we're bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. As well, as always, this podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. So thank you guys for being with us on this special episode. We've got a special guest for you, of course. Uh, let me let you know about BeatSource. If you don't know already, after 75 episodes of me telling you, BeatSource is the new digital music service for open format DJs. And week after week, we are dropping new features. So we've got BeatSource link giving you the ability to DJ off of the cloud. You can subscribe to BeatSource and have access to all types of music, new and old, curated playlists that are constantly updated, the 20 playlist, which is giving you 20 dope new tracks for you to play in your sets, uh, hand-picked by our music director, Kid Spin. Um, And now we've got offline locker mode in Serato, so giving you the ability to take the songs Uh, that you would play off Wi-Fi and save them if you are not connected to the internet. We've got VIP crates uh, with stuff from Little John, A-Track, Steve Aoki, all types of dope people. Uh, We've got a web-based DJ app that is dropping really soon that's so dope. It's changed the way I go through music on their site. I can go find the playlists better. I can find the songs. I can create playlists for myself. I mean, it has auto mix. The amount of features that this thing has and how powerful it is, is mind-blowing. And I've had so much fun using it. It makes going through the music really fun. And uh, just, I can't wait for you guys to try it out. Uh, besides that, keep in touch with me. Hit me on my socials at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R on Instagram. My DMs are open for you guys. Keep in touch. I love all the messages I get from you. Uh, please help us out by rating and reviewing. Leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, a lot of new things happening on that app. So uh, soon you'll be able to support us in other ways on there. Hit me on Twitch. I'm on Twitch at DJ Spider, DJ S-P-I-D-E-R. Or if you're a Twitter person, I'm on there, D-E-E-J-A-Y-S-P-I-D-E-R. And now, to let you know about the amazing guest we've got on the show today. We've got someone who is a legend in the game. Someone who defines work ethic, dedication, and doing things for the right reasons. This is a long episode, and we didn't even get close to covering all the amazing things that he has done in his career. He's got over 30 years as a DJ, over 20 years as a music producer, over 10 years as a teacher. He's one of the masters of the Scratch Chorus. He's up there with DJ Premier. I mean, he's got his own way of doing it. It's unbelievable. He's made some of the illest mixtapes in the game. He's been an integral part of one of the longest-running, most legendary radio shows, The Wake Up Show. Uh, On this episode, we go through so many dope things, from talking about the history of things all the way to the future of things. We discuss Twitch, of course, which he's going heavy on, and he's got an amazing perspective and amazing shows on there. We discuss 
DJing in virtual reality worlds, which is crazy to me. I've been exploring that. He was able to do one recently that he tells us about with Red Alert and all these people. It's so interesting and mind-blowing to me. We talk about so much more of what DJing will become in the future. His online school, how he uses BeatSource in his online school. So much stuff. This episode's chock full of amazing gems that you will take away from. Uh, This man truly has a -a one-of-a-kind perspective, which I really appreciated. He put things in a perspective for me that I hadn't thought about, certain things I hadn't thought about in that way. So um, this was amazing for me to be able to have this conversation with him. I'm super excited to share it with you guys. So let's give it up on the 20 podcast for DJ Revolution. We are here. It's the 20 podcast. We got DJ Revolution in the house. Yo, give it up for DJ Revolution. What up? Oh my God. The crowd is here. Wow. It. I haven't heard the sound of a crowd in a long time. That's uh, that's what it sounds like. Remember that? That was good. That was refreshing, man. That was refreshing. <laughs> applause. Remer- applause. Applause and not virtual cheers. Right? Not You're not just asking for bits right there. You're right. getting yeah. the... <laughs> Claps. I'm getting claps. Claps. You're getting actual claps. It would be nice if the claps translated to bits. I mean, that could be Yeah, good. if you could clap and money came out of your hands at the same time, that would be optimal. That would be optimal, right? I mean, come on. The standing ovation could give you that that bonus at the end. Well, yo, welcome to the show. Um, we're, we're still in Twitch mode at this point, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That's why we're talking about bits so much. If you're listening to this in the future and you're like, why are these guys, why are these guys talking about uh, bits so much? That's that's what we're doing. And, um, you know, before we get into your background, uh, you've been going hard on Twitch. Um, I've seen probably since you started and then I've seen since you've really implemented your schedule and been ramping up your shows and all your concepts. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. so fun, fun to see. So, uh yeah, what's going on on the Twitch front uh, before we get into everything else? Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's as you know, it's time consuming to to do this. It's like a full blown production. Every yeah. time you kind of step up and do what you got to do, and to do unique sets that are, you know, kind of scheduled out, um, it's time consuming. Also, constructing those sets or planning something because I don't just step up there and just kind of freestyle. That's you know, at least not right now. That's not what I'm. Uh, I wanted to do. Right. Um, although that is fun, you know, and if I um get a larger amount of people in the room and they just, you know, I feel like I need to make a left turn, I do do that. You know, if like you, you catch some uh, a, a, a raid from a DJ that plays a certain style and they're, you know, they're used to kind of hearing a certain thing or watching a certain amount of technical skill, though you adjust right. accordingly. It's like it is like real life, you know, if, if your party is kind of, you know stale and then all of a sudden 30 new people 40 new people come in and start partying and drinking the rest of the party kind of livens up and it's a it's a whole new jam so it's kind of the same thing it's very weird to watch it unfold in front of you virtually with no (laughs) faces and no no emotions actually happening but you know anyway so yeah twitch is uh is interesting and um you know i've done stuff like pop-up lessons live lessons with uh one of my 10 year old students um practice sessions where i just get up there and just kind of go through drills for myself over and cycle through beats so stuff like that i do but for the most part i'm doing 
you know, Tuesday night I'm doing the cut, which you know you'll be uh, you'll be appearing on soon. And then uh, Wednesday nights uh, I'm doing this thing called Rap Masters, and that's just kind of the cream of the crop of mostly golden era stuff, and even going further back. And then um, Friday nights is really like kind of like the fun f- freestyle funk session that I have, you know. And um, right, that seems to be like the the one where everyone likes to hang out and um, yeah. kind of have a good time. So it's it's fun, but on the backside, you know, a lot of people don't see the struggle and the right. um because you know at this point because of COVID, most of us are all self contained, one man team. You know, right? Um, Because I can't have in my ten by twelve. I can't have people, two people in here. Yeah, you know, three people in here. One working the video, one doing the audio, one you know handling shit in the chat. That's just not a possibility, right? Um, so that's where it becomes this thing of like, okay, is it is is the payoff worth it? You know, um, and it took a long time for me to think, you know, to get over thinking that about that, and when I stopped thinking about it. And just put, I just leaned all the way in and got a little bit easier. And then things started to turn over for me. So it's cool, man. You know, I'm still up in the air about, about like what, you know, what the next thing is for me to do on here. But um, yeah, I mean, for right now, it's, it's full steam ahead. Dope, dope. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, you know, I remember when you first started like Friday Night Funkery and you were just doing mm-hmm. the breaks and it was yep. fun just to hang out in there and be like, what's that from? Oh, shit, you're cutting it up in this crazy way. And, you know, just just watching you DJ it, in itself is super fun. And then the stuff that you were picking and choosing and and you've always been someone that's, I think, very ahead of the game in terms of tech and very unafraid to utilize tech technology to the fullest you know i mean i remember mm-hmm. back in the day you were like on torque and every new mm-hmm. dj digital dj thing that came out you were on it and you were utilizing the extra effects and all that stuff so i was excited to see you jump on twitch because i'm like oh he's gonna do some crazy crazy shit and already you were like i got the three different camera angles which were dope and the way you were setting up your overlays and uh you know i know you take it serious like even when you did the dilla set i mean it was mm-hmm. like one of the most thought out sets I've ever seen probably. And then Mm -hmm. listening to you, that's the cool thing about Twitch, like listening to you explain um, how you approach the Dilla set and why, and, and that you felt like you would do, you wanted to do that in front of him. Like it was just great to get that part of it and to see how serious you are about things rather than obviously just listen to the amazing skill and the thought you put into it. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I do appreciate about this platform is that it is um, there is a a very intimate social aspect of it that does not exist in a live environment. You know, when you go and you're playing at a club, man, if I come in and you're DJing, like, first of all, I'm not bothering you because the shit's going down. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, I'm not going to come up and like, hey, man, how did you how did you plan this set out, guy? That was really cool, man. I really like the way (laughs) you put those two records together. Can you tell me how you did it? (laughs) You know, like that's not that's not happening. So but if, you know, in this setting where you know if you approach uh, constructing a set knowing that you're able to talk to people at certain points or there is a break or you can throw in a music bed at some point and kind of give some some backstory about the particular record or even about the artist that you're playing that's really engaging to people and that that just does not exist anywhere else so that's what i i feel is um is one thing that is going to make this platform stick around a little bit because yeah, you can go and check out a DJ live and it's going to be dope. Cause there's, 
it's loud as fuck and there's you know a lot of people in there and it's a good time and it's you know it's a good you know club environment but you're not able to and in, in, like take a deep dive into the music part of it it's just a party right you know yeah exactly you're not going to be like oh remember when someone sampled this or did that or you know and then you're able to do ask, that answer questions like if you've asked me a question in the club i'll be like hey man i'm fucking djing just leave me alone <laughs> you know i'll talk to you after i'm done like, <laughs> exactly. don't ask me what who sampled this record while i'm trying to mix another record into it in the club i know and you're able to do like segments like i i see you do uh the cut and mm-hmm. you're like all right we're gonna do um you know like your co-host was like doing an impression of dmx that was like actually right. very spot on because i heard him talk about yeah, that he did good. it in a talent show and i was like oh that was yeah. pretty pretty damn good um but but then when you do the thing where uh he has to become cool keith and mm-hmm. do yeah. a caption like how cool keith would say it like that's yeah. the most obscure and dopest thing <laughs> because not a lot <laughs> yeah. of people would get that and also i was like this is hilarious like i need to see what he's about to say and you know because i already have my own thing of what cool keith sounds like and what he would say within this. right and that's the thing because cool keith you know um spans so many generations of rap fans it's like everyone's oh, yeah. gonna get a different version of cool keith like in my head i have the ultra magnetic version of cool keith and what he would see and then yeah. kb is is younger than i am and he has a totally different version <laughs> of it and then some people don't even know who the fuck he is and then when they google him up and look at his picture they're gonna be like oh my god this is him <laughs> oh, what the hell would he see anyway <laughs> but you know to me he's i just you know i just love that about cool keith and i just think he he's yeah. uh, I, he's always entertained me as as an artist no matter what it is visually or lyrically or musically so i just feel like it's a good thing and it is an obscure reference but that sometimes turns out to be the most funny thing yeah you know? hell yeah so, no it's any, great. anyway yeah you, it's 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 a good thing f- you know for for me because i get to instead of standing in a camera in front of a camera by myself or be the you know the center of attention uh, a lot of that weight is taken off and deferred onto what we're doing, you know, like right. me and you were having a conversation. It's just not me talking into a computer. So yeah. it's very different. And it's very different on the uh, receiving end when a, a listener or viewers is checking it out. So we're able to have a lot more fun. Plus, you know, that's, that's one of the, that, he's probably the funniest guy I know, you know, like he, <laughs> me and him, just, we, that's how we are together, like hanging out at a family event. You know, right. we just do that type of shit and it's just nothing yeah. but laughs. So, it's worth bringing to people. Oh, definitely worth it. Um, and, and what about, and how are you guys doing it just on the technical tip? Like are you using StreamYard or what kind of program? So um, in that one, I I got it. Um, it depends because if someone comes in, in, in and does a live set, like for instance, you know, my first guest DJ was Sonny James and he came in live. Right. So, right. you know, for that, we just had, we're just using OBS and I have it, the way I have it set up is um, multiple cameras and I'm, you know, I'm using different cameras there and my computer can't take the weight of, you know, three, four K cameras at the same time. Right. Um, so I have to use one and then one four K camera, the FaceTime camera and a phone. And oh, I got wow. it all hooked up. I'm telling you, bro, it's a it's a it's a it's a spaceship <laughs> in there. I'm standing lit. I mean, even in here and, you know, too, man, because you do it as well. It's um, yes. it's ridiculous even to maneuver my shit around so I can sit this way with the cool plaques in the background was a bitch for me to move everything around like the mic and the light and all that so yeah i'm using obs there and um i'm actually 
you know, if you want to get nerdy about it, I am yeah. actually um, window capturing uh, StreamYard or Restream, putting that okay. into my OBS overlay, routing the audio from my my laptop, which like, in other words, if you were my guest and this is what I wanted to put in the OBS, I'd route the audio out of my headphone jack into my Mackie mixing console there and then route that back into my focus right which then goes back into my audio capture for obs yeah wow and so why aren't why don't you use the sound from like Streamyard or restream because number one um well so i well i'll get into um the thing i had happen with epic last night because that was epic was uh was supposed to be a guest on the cut um last night um right. but we had a, i had an issue with the audio and i've been having some issues the way i do it um but anyway so the reason i don't use the audio from Streamyard or restream is because i need to be able to route everything through my outboard gear i also have an outboard limiter and an outboard compressor to make it sound like an official broadcast because right. a lot of the people a lot of times you know if if you don't have any experience or you know your guest has a kind of a, a wonky setup and it's not as loud or it's not as crisp i need to be able to eq that you know my radio experience my radio mind is not letting that happen i need to make sure that when you come on you sound as good as you can even though you're not transmitting at your at your best you know it's my right. job as the host to make you kind of look good and sound good and and that's that's the way I approach it. So I want to fit you into my overlay and I want to have your sound come through routed through my output so it can sound like my show, like right. you're on my show. I don't yeah. want to have you just take over my channel and then be a part of it that way. And I don't want to use StreamYard because then if you use StreamYard directly and cut OBS or even use virtual cam, then you have to build separate overlays for StreamYard. Or uh, import yeah. new overlays for the guests. And I needed to look like the cut. I don't need it to look like a StreamYard broadcast. I needed to yeah, make yeah. it look like my show. S because it's that's on, it's on StreamYard. Everybody uses StreamYard. Everybody uses Restream or whatever you're using. And it all looks the same unless you tweak it. So right. my choice was keep tweaking all the shit I have already set up in OBS. Or now I got to go tweak something separate and build in overlays and adapt my overlays to the way that their cameras are set up or you, you know, you have four guests and it blocks. It's just so over the top. Right. Um, but I did run into a sound issue last night with Epic. So he's coming on, um, coming on again, but, um, yeah. So now when I'm having a guest, um, depending on their setup, I'll probably use the audio from StreamYard. Right, so that I was guess nerdy. That was whew, man. That was <laughs> that a, was nerdy. Mouth. But I think a lot of the people listening uh, do this, so I think that they'll get some some stuff out of it. Because I've been doing some streams where I have someone else on there too, and everyone's asking me, "How do you do that? You know, what's the mm -hmm. what's the process?" And and actually, we were just using the sound of Streamyard, and I was mm -hmm. constantly having to ask the chat, like, "Are we equal volume? Is it good?" And then yeah. he would have to turn up or down because. You're right. It would be nicer if I had my own mixing board and, and he runs into it and then I could do it. But uh, there's so many crazy ways to do this. Like you said, I've had to figure out from the podcast to the stream, okay, I'm running this into this into this. And and I did a stream where I had to have Zoom co-hosts and I had to have two monitor setups. And like you, like you were doing, I was running 
headphone jacks into things yeah, just to make it's it work. Crazy, you know, you know, and and if you're not somebody that has been um kind of groomed in the past to use this technology, yeah. this shit is like over the top, bro. Because I'm <laughs> I'm working my tech brain to the max. Like Me I too. am, I am running at full capacity, trying to do all kinds of troubleshooting that I never had to do before because it's all brand new and it's great because i'm learning it and i'm upping my tolerance for technical bullshit so i can handle <laughs> yeah. it a lot better now so because totally. in the beginning you could ask kb man so kb is as cool as a fucking cucumber right so he'll be across from me in the room watching me damn near about ready to throw a chair against the wall <laughs> like i am losing my shit sometimes before the show starts because something is going wrong especially in the early stages when i was like two or three shows in I know. And I was trying to figure all this out. Yo, it was a, it was a nightmare. And, um, you know, even last night when I was working this out with Epic, yo, we had basically a three hour sound check. Like we sound checked through the entire sh the sh where the slot was for the show. We didn't even come oh, on man. because I was not even in, in the right mind state to to broadcast after we figured out how to get it working. So yeah that's I so mean, interesting i was actually wondering i'm like why didn't he uh come on last night yeah <laughs> so like, everybody was wondering everyone was like sending me whispers and texts and like my wife was like texting me is like are you okay uh, you're, why what's you're not on why, <laughs> please tell me everything's okay and i'm just because i had i didn't even i didn't text her i didn't i didn't tell anybody and people were like yo what the f what's going on here <laughs> everyone's like where are you yeah and, i was wondering you know, I just oh didn't. Well, I didn't want to respond to anybody because I was so heated at and just so deep in this troubleshooting swamp, trying to get out of it. And uh, you know, I, I can I can relate. That's uh, that's crazy. Well, see, all of you listeners, we're we're all going through it, no matter what level you are in the DJ game. Oh yeah. Absolutely. There is a lot to deal with. If you want to make a Twitch thing happen, you know, you got to put in work. Everyone was like, it's too much for me or I can't do this or the, the crowd's not reacting or I don't know how to do it. Like we've all had to figure it out. So yeah, just, you just got to suck it up, you know, yeah. just, and just power through it and, and just, you know, don't even think about all that. Just do it. And then once you get over those uh, many humps in the beginning, it does smooth out, you know, and it becomes a little bit more of a routine. And it, it's just like setting up how, you know, setting up Serato was in the beginning. You know, like we just went from playing records to all of a sudden now I got to bring a fucking box with me and these cables and, a, and an <laughs> adapter and all this shit. And I got to do this whole song and dance before I even get to play any records and then hope my computer doesn't crash or the fucking somebody doesn't pull the USB cord out or whatever it is. So we had to learn all of that and how to adapt yeah. for that. Now there's a new evolution, kind of a forced evolution in the technology part of being a DJ, because now even if, you know, Twitch doesn't um, explode or it just kind of levels off or even, right. you know, just becomes a, a cool alternative to live events. It's still, something that a dj needs to be doing now that's you can't not be doing this and be a part of the the kind of the community you know it's like right people are going to wonder why you didn't get on why you yeah. didn't do what um you do in real life when others were doing it number one as a uh to sustain some kind of um mental health and financial um income so it's like you have to kind of do this in order to make sure that you stay a part of what was there before. Cause we're, I right. mean, in my estimation, like we're all kind of, we're all here 
and I'm looking around like wondering why certain people are not doing it. And I'm, I don't, I don't know. So, you know, but it's, yeah. it's fun. It's new. It, it is, it's kind of happened. Um, because of something there was a catalyst that kind of made it occur but you know that's usually the way it goes right exactly like there's always something that pushes us into it or or something and, and yeah i agree i mean i'm sure there's some people not doing it and they have their own reasons or whatever else they're working on um but but yeah it's it's like I think the whole all or nothing thing too, where people are like, are you going to do that instead of gigs? I'm like, no, I think it can add on to things because like you have a DJ school and mm-hmm. I'm sure that that helps you get students probably, you know, the more mm-hmm. work you're going to put into your Twitch, it's a place that you can, it's almost like a, a business card. I mean, way beyond that, but it's a, it's a way to funnel students in and for people to watch you and go, oh, wow, I want that person to teach me or I didn't realize he had a school or something like that, right? Yeah, and so also, you know, how are, are, are you going to do it? Um, you can look at it like this, and this is where I think it's going, is that if, if you, why can't you um, do your live gigs like you do your stream? Make it different. It's changed, yeah. you know, like people are, are going to expect a little bit more now because now the spotlight is really on what a DJ is and what a DJ does. So if you don't do anything and you just stand up there with a controller and press a button and thank everybody for bits and talk about hype trains, you know, then you're shit out of luck when you go back to a club because that's not what's happening. And, you know, if in in that's gone that's all stripped away you have to learn because there's people that started doing this in covid there's covid djs you know so right they're not going to be able to live in that environment when we all end up going back in to do what we do but if we don't adapt what we're going to do when we go back to being in a live environment then we've kind of failed because now we realize we can do a whole lot more and taken in a different direction if you get popular on twitch for doing a certain type of stream you know like like take any one of mine for example like let's like, let's just say the friday night thing if i built that up to be popular enough i could do a live night once yeah. a month somewhere in la and get probably a couple hundred people to come out after it's you know up and running for a couple of months. And that's yep. a gig where I can do exactly what I'm doing on Twitch and I can stream live from whatever club I'm doing it at to Twitch. That's why wouldn't amazing. We, right. You know, that's that's where I feel like it's going. I'm gonna do the cut live. So gonna do the cut live from where we are. Got a big space, can put people in it, can invite, you know, subscribers only or VIPs only in to, to see the live broadcast and still stream it out to the rest of the world. Except now we got an audience and I can have live guests, live performances, um, a whole lot of th- components that still make it a good time for people to go out and see, but also sit on their phone in their underwear and watch. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, <laughs> yeah. you can, you can get the same, uh, you know, kind of value out of it or a different value. And you're interacting with the chat as well as interacting with a live audience. So I feel like that is the future of it. And that's what, at least that's f- f- how I'm thinking about it because it is going to plateau at a certain point. Yeah. You know, and how are you going to be able to take the fun that we're all having when we do these streams, talking and bullshitting with people in the chat and learning things? And how are you going to be able to take that part of it, which is super fun and new and refreshing and 
import that into being in front of a live crowd because I don't want that type. That side of it needs to stay for me. It's it's right. Uh, it's re re um, restarted some kind of engine in my in my brain. You know, that's made DJing. You know, as fun as it used to be for me when I was a kid, learning how to do it, and also, you know, challenged me to find a way to make that happen in real life because when i walk into this studio here i feel like i'm walking into an into virtual reality seriously like ready, ready player one style shit right you know i put my headphones on turn my light on and poof i disappear and i'm in this alternate universe where i'm talking to people and djing in front of a computer and yeah it's and then when i walk out i i'm back in reality and it's weird so there has to be a way for me to fuse them because i do get a certain amount of um new shit and new um creativity from that side of it and i can't have that go away yeah that's such a great way to look at it and like i said you're always ahead of the game like i've had in the past year so many every week a new dj i'm talking to on here and everybody is doing innovative cool things and we've talked about oh well you could turn this into a party you could do this in real life and it's it was almost like not a joke but people would be like yeah, that would be cool or haha or something, you know, like mm -hmm. that would be crazy. Could you imagine if four color Zach did that in real life or, you know, green lantern did the, mm -hmm. the skating and, but you're the first person to really talk about it in a real way. Like we're doing this, this is, we're going to do the cut live. We're going to have an audience. We could have subscribers and, and also show how as someone as experienced and, you know, been doing it for so long as you, it's reignited this love and um, the creativity to push things forward in a new way and to take what you've learned over this past year and bring it back into the DJ world. Something that did not exist once when we went into this, you know, cocoon or whatever. Now we're coming yeah. back out like, here we go. We got new colors on our wings and whatever. Like, we're about to show you what's what's going on, what we've been doing. I think that's such a good idea, you know, um, because you could create whole tours around it. Like you said, you know, I know you. Right. we I mean, the mixtape game was something you were huge in and you would do a mixtape for probably the tour you were on. This mm -hmm. is almost like the the reverse engineered you know you're creating these these shows every week and then you can take this create an la based one create a tour around it um, yeah i mean there's almost limitless options so yeah. uh, this past saturday i did um a park jam in virtual reality space so basically i did a jam where i was in front of the wild style amphitheater and uh grandmaster kaz was hosting it and um red alert was on before me and like it was crazy because i'm looking at people i watched it on twitch in 2d while i was djing and then i went back and looked at some clips of it that were actually in 3d and people in there like their avatars are really in there they put on the oculus headphones and there i am up on a big ass billboard screen DJing in the fucking park jam where people are like virtually playing basketball, virtually writing graffiti on a wall. And there's hundreds of avatars like walking around and doing what talking to people. And it's just, it was fucking mind blowing, man. Like I was, when I went wow. my homie Eclipse, he called me and he asked me if I want to be down. I'm like, yo, fuck yeah. I got to be in that space. That's, I'm already living in kind of that space. I need to make that happen. It was, it was crazy. That's amazing. So I've been, the past month or so, or I've been getting so deep into those worlds, you know, and looking mm -hmm. into them. And I, 
I sent a tweet out and I said, yo, I want to DJ in the metaverse. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the best one to DJ in? And I named off some of the ones I, the only ones I knew, you know, Decentraland and Crypto Voxels and Somnium Space and like different ones I had seen. And I got such a crazy response from people. Hundreds and hundreds of people were writing me like, check this out, check this out. And I own a space. I'm an architect. And and then I so I, I started going in the worlds and checking out this casino where they're having people DJ and producers. And um, I might do a I actually might do a gig tomorrow in a virtual casino. But I've been talking to people that have spaces in there and are doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's it really seems like the future. And it's almost like Twitch is our gateway into like knowing because they were like, what do you use? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I already know about Twitch and OBS and all of these programs mm-hmm. and how to send it into your world. And if you guys know how to do it. And they had fully built VR bars, casinos, museums, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, ready to go with DJ booths and the big screen and dance floors. And I mean... It's nuts. Yeah, and the and that, they're selling, they're like selling NFTs, which is crazy because this whole NFT boom with the art and music and everything coming together and, and in there, it's like made for that. I mean, that's been going on forever. So they, we're like made to be in there DJing, help them sell the NFTs and, and do all types of shit, you know? Uh, yeah. So this say? is another, this is another reason why I feel like if you're not on and plugged in to whatever it is that's going on right now. This is the critical time. It's very important for a, a creative and a DJ and a producer to be plugged into this shit because this is a time that if you're not, you're going to fall behind and you're going to get left behind because this is the type we're making a huge leap in technology and what is um, a part of a DJ's arsenal what can they do what uh, what apps are you fluent in do you know photoshop do you know obs do you know stream labs restream uh, uh stream elements so all this other shit if you don't know right. this stuff you don't speak that language in a year you will be relegated to sitting in some bar playing whatever shit you play for you know 75 people that don't care about it when the rest of us are playing to the whole world right from our backyards, right from our backyard studios, right from, you know, wherever it is. And we're, we're having fun doing it. And, it, and I feel like if people are not paying attention, they're going to miss out on it because, you know, we feel like this is our world and we can talk about it. Like it's the, it is happening to the rest of the world, but the rest of the world doesn't even know what the fuck we're doing. I know the hip hop, the hip hop community yeah. doesn't even know what we're doing. I've been trying to get the hip hop community over here for a minute and it's hard like if you talk to an artist like an actual rapper they have no fucking clue usually what twitch is no clue and then when i show them i show them a link to my stream or somebody else's stream they're like yo this is crazy and then when they're like oh wait a minute you can have subscribers oh wait a minute you get paid to have a subscriber subscribe to you and it's a direct oh my god game over boom they're signed up now they're all over the place but it's it's like literally word of mouth because Rappers, man, if you know rappers, bro. They don't they don't sit in front of their phones on Twitch, you know, like watching DJs DJ. They got they're rappers. They do rapper shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. it's, and it's hard to convince <laughs> them to do anything else. I've known I've been dealing with rappers for 20 years, man. And most of them, not all of them, there are definitely exceptions to the rule. People that are really about everything. But for the most part, man, they're just trying to get in the studio and rap and, and yeah. put out music so they can get their music stream. But if you explain it to them in a way that they can understand, which is like, hey, this is a way for you to get more streams, 
get paid, direct interaction with your fans, sell your merch right there. And all you got to do is just go live every now and then and just bust off a couple of verses and have a chat with some of your fans directly. And they'll buy shit right off of your phone right there. And, and they're just like, what? That's incredible. But trying to convince one rapper at a time is impossible because yeah. if you don't really beat them upside the head with it, they're going to forget it the next two days. They're going to be like, what did he say about that? What's that twitchy shit he was talking about? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and and that's like, there's rappers killing. I mean, Merce is a great yeah. example of someone who's just killing it on there. He has a schedule. He knows the Twitch lingo. He knows the Twitch culture. The everything yeah, well, about his he's page. Already, he was already you know. he was already heavy into games anyway, though. So right. he already knew about all that. If you're a gamer, you already know about this. Or if you you know, even if you watch people play games, then you know you you understand what that is. And yeah, it, it wouldn't be so hard for you to figure it out. But if you don't and you're not plugged in, again, you know, DJs are usually pretty. Um, that's what DJs are supposed to do. That's what, that's part of our job is be right. on the for, uh, on the front line of all this shit to filter it out so that when the rest of the world catches on, they get the good shit from us. Same thing with music. We're music filters, you know? We filter out all, all the crap so the fan gets the good shit. So yeah, it's the same totally. thing with technology. And, um, you know, we're experimenting, experimenting in this world right now, figuring out what is the good shit and then when we figure it out, we're going to use it. And then the rest of the world will catch on. So, yeah, I agree. How it goes. Yeah. And, and that's why I was exploring all those different virtual worlds, because there are ones where you need to wear the Oculus thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to be a harder one to get people in than one where you just have to go to your then there's another one you just have to go to your laptop. And then there's right. one like that Crypto Voxels one where you literally just push a button and you're on your phone, you're in the world and you don't even have to set up an account yet, which, mm. and it's more like of a lo-fi type thing. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. There's something to to each of them. What was the world that you, I wish I could have watched that. What was the world that you DJed so, in? So I, I, I mean, let me look at the link on my phone if, if I can pull it up. But this was, uh, you had to have an Oculus to actually uh, live in a 3D world, like had to see it in 3D. And you, I saw clips of the 3D. So like people were posting it on, on Instagram and tagging me in it, right? And I would look at them and like, what the fuck? That's insane, you know? Like, so crazy. I mean, there's literally like, you know, car the, the avatars are kind of cartoony, you know? Right, because right. you can divide. They look like Xbox avatars, you know? Yeah. So they're like cartoonish, but each one was different. And you could, you know, do the thing with the Oculus where you, you know, move your thing and you move to the other side of the room instantly. And you, and if I saw you in there and I knew it was you and you, I saw your name, I could go and tap on you. And then we having a conversation just like that That's while, crazy. you know, Red Alert is DJing over there in front of the Wild Style Amphitheater, you know? So. Yo. It's crazy. And, and, and it's real life. I mean, that's the thing. I know it's virtual reality, it's but that's what I was yeah, explaining happening. to people. Like I met a DJ that I know in Spain and we met in the virtual world and Bootsy Collins was there and I got to actually talk to him by like typing. And he was like, it was, in, it was crazy. And then he did a video DJ set and I got to watch it on the screen. And we were like, this is kind of like we're meeting in real life, you know? Um, it is. I mean, you are, it's the same thing in yeah. Twitch. Like the only difference is, is that like, we're not in the same room, you know, because right. you got a discord going or a zoom room going while you're streaming. Basically, you you can have a real you, a, I can look at you. You can look at me. And it's like, you know, for me, I don't I'm not doing that right now because that's not that's not 
that's um, what the, the you know, discord zoom room yeah that's, yeah that's another another thing to get annoyed with when it doesn't work but it is a dope thing i mean i love i love when people do it but yeah that's that's a whole nother element do you I mean, know what is. the the was it was the one you did in called somnum space that was the one i know that has the 3d no this is i'm, I'm looking it up right now i gotta find the text with the there's a new is, one called it, uh sandbox that's coming too that's pretty dope the crazy thing is people are literally buying virtual real estate within all of this. I've been trying to tell people about it and they think I'm crazy. But like in that sandbox one, I went in to try to look at the virtual real estate and there's Tesla, Winklevoss twins, you know, Atari, all these big companies are buying the real estate and people are like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, they're going to build things and be able to sell advertising, rent things, sell things like build clubs there's going to be all the real you know stuff from the world like within there which is so nuts yeah that's that's uh it is you know it's where it's going to be in 20 years is just you know uh, yeah. mind-blowing to me but um yeah, yeah this one was alt v alt vr like alt okay. space vr and so right. this guy he builds worlds and he built this world and you could go and and do all this shit in there and it was like he does a friday night club and it's a real club. He he's the doorman. He takes your money at the door virtually. Like you, if you're not on the list and haven't already paid your five dollars, he you walk up in VR with your Oculus on and you go to the door. He takes your money virtually, checks on his phone that the money came through. Then you're on the list. Then you go down the stairs to the basement club where it is, and there's then you get in. You get a pass on your phone or whatever it is yeah. your device. That's and he, the and he's, there's people there every night. It's like. It started off slow, but now he's saying it's, and he's had people, you know, DJ there, like the homies, like, um, Riz That's what I'm and saying like, that like you could buy a piece of land. And then I met like an architect where his job is building places. And like you could hire someone to build a club and then build it up. And, and like you said, have people there charge. So does he charge like a cryptocurrency or or no, like it's real like money. Me, it's, like it's, yeah, Venmo? It's, it's real yeah, it's real money. I think he's I think he said Venmo, but um yeah, it's real <laughs> that's money. Crazy. Yeah, that's I so mean it's crazy. not a lot, but I mean, bro, that's an experience. Five bucks for that? Are you kidding me? I'll pay that all day. I, for sure, me too. You yeah. Know, like and within these other worlds, they're using in the same way that NFTs, people are buying them using Ethereum or these other cryptocurrencies. And I think sometimes they're more prone to use that because it's something they've been collecting that is now worth so much mm-hmm. that I was talking to other people about in the same way we can collect bits and all the things um in Twitch, you could have cryptocurrency wallets where the people in the world will send you tips in the money of that world so if you're in decentraland you get mana mana and then you're in sandbox mm-hmm. you get sand and then you can convert it back like it's i mean talk what about f- we, we thought we were being nerdy before this is so mind-blowing but i'm so glad that you know what i'm talking about and that and that you had an actual experience with it because i've been trying to tell a few other people and they're just like yo you've been in your house too long and i'm like no i'm telling (laughs) you this is the future (laughs) like i'm I'm I'm, not i'm not really in my house i'm in the wild style (laughs) amphitheater you know i'm not really anywhere at this point i don't exist anywhere except virtually (laughs) you know right I mean, I mean, I show up at my school a couple times a week, and that's the only place I'm a real human. And everywhere else, <laughs> like I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm in the matrix, man, straight up. It's crazy. Well, because everybody's like, oh, Tupac hologram performing at Coachella, like, mm-hmm. yeah, 
that's dope. But what about performing at the virtual Coachella? Like there's going to be way beyond that, you know, and we're going to know each other's avatars and stuff. Right. I mean, or what about you not even have to go to a gig, right? So this is another, right. you know, thing that I thought about. And I've been thinking about this for years, way before Twitch. And I knew yeah. it was coming when the technology caught up so that there wouldn't be any hiccups with, you know, now we got crazy fast internet. Now we have all these apps that manage, um, you know, the back and forth video and audio. There is no real reason for me to get on a plane and go and have a promoter pay my flight my food, my hotel, my travel expenses, all that. You pay me a fair rate. I'll do an exclusive stream to your club. All you need is good-ass internet. You know, you just cut your expenses basically in half. Got the same right. thing because I'm I'm streaming to you, interacting with your audience. They can interact with me. They can, you know, do all these things that we do on Twitch. And I didn't go anywhere. You know, it is something it's, to go and see your favorite artist. You know, that's not ever going to be replaced. But like course. I said, it, it this is an option and it's an, you know, it's a real option now. I know. I was thinking even like booking agents and stuff could do like, let's say you're going to do the Friday night funkery party or something like if a, a DJ says, OK, this is what's being offered. I'm doing this set. We can have 10 uh clubs can buy it across the united states and all throw the same party also right. like let's say you want to get ten thousand dollars to dj okay you get 10 clubs to each pay one thousand dollars and they're allowed to throw their party around you they can present you however they want on as big of a screen or little screen or as right. many speakers franchise you can have, it out man right it's crazy like you could almost franchise your thing or or um, split your DJ set up into different cities all on the same night because it's the Friday night thing. You could have a mm -hmm. QR code on the screen that everybody in the club points their phone at and then that logs them in immediately to chat in your chat or whatever you want them to be able to do, like a direct line to you. I know someone that was booking DJs in Vegas and he would do it from his office, send it into the Bellagio, have it on all the screens and have a QR code. And so... Anybody in the bar would just point it at the QR code and instantaneously be able to text with the DJ and then be like, yo, it's Barbara's bachelorette party or whatever, you know, and then the DJ's on <laughs> on the screen like, yo, Barbara, thanks for coming in the, you know, this spot and everyone's <laughs> freaking crazy. out because it's almost crazier than having the DJ in the corner say it when it's on every screen in the club and it's coming through the sound system. It was almost cooler, he was saying. So Right, that's what I'm saying. It makes it, there's an exclusivity and uh, some cool factor to all of that, you know, and, right. because that's what I'm, that's what I was saying earlier is like now it's become so much cooler. And if you're not with the cool shit, when it all opens back up again, nobody's fucking with you because you're not, you're not the cool guy anymore. You're not up on all this tech shit. You're not doing a live stream from your gig. You're not having all this uh, interactivity. You're not in the virtual space. So I'm not saying everybody needs to be there right away. Obviously people right. like us are, like I said, we're on the front line. We're, and yo, the people through the wall, first are yo we, we we get the bloodiest so we're all <laughs> yeah you know the front line man is but i mean red alert sometime the you know what i mean the the very first person is also within Still dj here, is also the it. very first person in a vr world that no one is even hurt someone like me that's super deep in the game doesn't even know about i just learned about alt v and i'm gonna go look it up after this so it's like or all yeah, VR, so I was in the, you know, that gig crazy. was, um, so Eclipse played, um, 
there was live performances from a bunch of artists between it. It was like a festival. And so, you know, so uh, Eclipse, Amazing. then a bunch of music, then it was uh, Red Alert, then it was an interview, then it was a live performance, and then it was um, me, then it was Evil D, and then there was somebody else after him, I think. And <laughs> crazy. Um, they're That's all like, blind. you know. There was not one young person on that flyer. And it was, I know there was a lot of young people in that virtual space. So yeah. it's, you know, again, you sh people should be paying attention to what's going on. It's sometimes it's not their fault. They need to be, you know, aware of it or alerted to it. But, you know, that's our job is to tell people yeah. about it. One more nerdy thing from it is, did you send just OBS straight or did they capture your Twitch? So I sent OBS straight to... um what the hell now? I'm not going to think back how the hell I did it. So, <laughs> no, I sent my signal to a Zoom. Okay. And he had it all set up in, as a Zoom. So he would switch. Like a virtual, virtual cam yeah. situation. Yeah. Right. So I sent my shit to the Zoom. So, you know, unfortunately from my school, I can only broadcast with um, two cameras because of the 4K thing. It looks great. My, my front facing shot looks amazing with the white walls and like it's crispy clean but yeah. i only got one camera i like my right. home setup because i got multiple cameras i got four cameras and three cameras and a phone hooked up and it, it's real gritty and grimy and dirty and i like it that way but um yeah it looked pretty crazy man when i was i'm telling you when i saw the clips posted up on twitter and instagram i was like uh, yo that's I'm ridiculous gonna, i'm looking it up after this like i i'm i'm so like you know just I'm kind of like obsessed with all this stuff because it's so crazy, like the opportunity of it. And plus talking to the people that are developing it, when I talk to the architect person and some of that, they're like, just so you know, you're looking at like the internet in 1995. Like when this is fully developed, yeah. you, this is going to be 8K. This is going to be like you... It's going to look like real life. You're almost not going to be able to tell the difference. And so for people right now, they're like, oh, it looks weird or it's lo-fi. That's only because that's all the machines and the internet and everything can keep up with right now. But as things right. get crazier in the same way in the, since the year 2000 to now, in the past 21 years, what we've seen with the development, uh, think about what's going to happen just in the next 10 years within all that. It's going to be nuts. Yeah, I mean, so, think about how slow your first iphone was and how yeah or downloading one mp3 like, <laughs> right or yeah exactly or you know trying to watch a video on the internet oh. it was like well, this sucks man you just you know even though it's the most advanced thing that uh, humans have ever come up with you still want to smash it on your table because the shit doesn't <laughs> yeah. do what you know it can do you know what the future is going to be why isn't it in here right now so i think that's everyone's attitude when they see it but that shit's here now, man. Like this, uh, even with yeah. like the stuff that we're doing, it is existing. And you know, again, if you if you're not a forward thinker and you need it to all be in front of you, looking at its best, then I, you know I understand that. But yo, I like just getting in there when it's just a a battleground and it's just ugly, and we're just throwing elbows and getting our shit all dirtied up and and just having fun because then we're just having a fight, and then when we get done. We really know what we're working with, you know? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Just straight hip hop, the hip hop mind state. And yeah. and that's what that's what it's been for all this. I mean, I think that's why a lot of like you said, there aren't as many hip hop people um knowing about it, but the ones that are really 
um, dive in and gravitate towards it because this is what we've had to do our whole career as hip hop DJs mm -hmm. is just figure out what happens if you cross this wire with this or try this or, you know, yep. we got to get the power plugged in from somewhere and, and just make sure it works. So that's dope. Um, yeah. Well, let, let, let's talk about your school. Um, so you have a school called Skills Over Everything. Uh, great mm -hmm. name. I love all the the branding, you know, the technical terms. But I love the branding and all of the artwork and everything about your school. Um, just the little sayings you have and, and how you show it all. It's very simple, clean, um, but dope looking. Um, yeah, so, thanks, yeah, it, it's, it's really cool. And um, so can you tell us a little more about the school, how it goes, you know, what, what the classes are like and, and things like that? Yeah. So, um, you know, skills over everything is more of a kind of a club. All right. Because, you know, take, for instance, like Scratch Academy, that's a school or right. any number of the existing DJ or production schools. Those are schools. So that's that. I mean, that's amazing that there are those schools. But, you know, when that school is done, are you still a part of, you know, what you learned? Are you still a part of that community? School skills over everything is a club. It's a training ground for people that are, are striving to be elite at what they do, you know, whether it's making beats or being a, a radio DJ or a streamer or, you know, just a, a performance DJ, whatever it is you want to do, you know, we teach that skill, you know, or, yeah. for, you know, be, be, until COVID hit, that's what was happening, you know, and then right. COVID just kind of, you know, shut everything down just like it did for everyone else. But so, you know, it's a training ground. So if you went to a DJ school, you went to high school. I'm college. Yeah. So it, basically that's, you know, you want to take your shit to the next stage and also be a part of a community that's, that's doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's not really about just being a DJ, man. It's about training. It's about focus. It's about, um, commitment and discipline. And so, you know, to whatever it is, making beats and, and, or learning how to operate a piece of equipment or whatever it is, but you're a part of something now where other people are doing the same thing. And that means right. a little bit more than just going to a school and taking a class, you know, that's a, um, that's a cool way to put it. Um, and, and, and so just to clarify, like, how do you break it up? Like if somebody was like, I want to get better at making beats, I want to learn how to master things. I want to learn just straight technical scratches. Mm -hmm. Um, do they just come to you and get individual classes or is it a group class or a mix or the pre-recorded ones? How does it work? So, so basically, um, before COVID I had, um, two group classes and there was like a, for lack of a better term, like a level one and a level two. Um, there were eight weeks and they were pretty intense. And if you weren't following along and if you weren't practicing at home or doing your homework, you know, your final set was not what it should be. And, you know, you, you definitely hear it from me, you know, um, and you got to perform it in front of right. the class and it gets recorded. So, you know, there's that pressure on it. And, yeah. um, you know, then there's other people, but that, you know, those classes were f for more generalized performance DJing. Like I want to learn, I basically I showed them how to do creative mixing in eight weeks but, you know, really intense stuff that I can do at the drop of a hat because I've been doing it for so long. But if you're right. relatively new or even an experienced DJ, the way I'm breaking it down, it's very scientific. But if you don't practice it and do it 
and commit to it, it's not going to stick. So, but then there's also people that are like, Hey man, you know what? I want to, I want to learn. I just need scratching, man. I want scratch. I want to just learn to scratch. Right. That's it. Or I need to, and I'm talking from people that have been DJing for 10 years, but, but really can't bust out a scratch solo anywhere, right. you know, and they want to, they want to implement that. Or I'm yeah. talking about people that have been DJing for 30 years and now they feel like, wow, okay, I'm not where I should be after 30 years. So, you know, and it's an interesting process and each student is unique. And that's why I like keeping my classes small. You know, there was maximum four pe people in my group class because, you know, that's how you get really good, intimate, hands-on experience with um, you get to know the students and you get to know what their weaknesses and strengths are. And you're able to manage that group efficiently. Right. Once you get a big class of 10 people, it's not like teaching 10 people math at a desk, you know. Right, right. That's this is this way different. And if you're not experienced enough, um, the class quickly derails, you know, in yeah. a group like that. So I'm four sure. you know, four or five students was um how I was running it before COVID hit. And then obviously once COVID hit, you know, I'm a, I'm in a I'm not in a small room, but I'm definitely not in a big open space where I could make everybody feel safe, especially when it was all at peak levels. You know, now it's starting to um get a little bit more relaxed but still i'm not you know i'm not convinced that people want to come back and share the uh, smaller space and have you know that kind of hands on because you gotta get and show somebody something up close like see this button here and then you touch the button so right. teaching private lessons i've yo it's become the biggest nightmare because every time i go and show a student something i gotta go sanitize my hands wipe down the gear with a wipey after then that she touched the, the turntable i gotta show her where to put her hand record i gotta sanitize the record i gotta do all this shit and it's it's really and people realize that before they even book a lesson so a lot of people are like man i'm not gonna do that right so right. it was it was uh you know the shutdown greatly affected all things dj instruction yeah so um, but you're still doing but, it online no virtually so right i got the same the same setup you would see you know me doing streams i have three cams and it's all set up like very um it's it's it's, it's easy to navigate i got a fader close up i got a side shot i got a top shot i gotta share my screen shot like if whatever you want to do it can get done yes it's not in right. person but it's man it's it's as good as it's going to get right yeah um and do you do like i know sometimes they have those kind of master class things where people will record uh you know 20 videos and then you can pay for a pre-recorded one they can always refer back to do you have those as well or is it just all so live? i can't really talk about what's um what's happening on that front because i'm doing okay. a partnering up with a pretty big company to do that um, and it's pretty exciting. Um, I'm happy. We start actually next week working on it. Amazing. So, and it is going to, you know, it's going to be, um, everything you would expect it to be from me. And when, you know, when it comes out, uh, who the partner is, it, then it will just kind of amplify the standard of what it should be anyway. So Amazing. yes, so your answer, the answer is yes, but not right now, because I haven't found a place to do it at my level. You know, there yeah. hasn't been a, a perfect fit until now. And, um, you know, that's starting next week as a matter of Amazing. fact. So, yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. dope. Um, and also do you use, um, I know this is a small 
plug, but do you use BeatSource? Someone was telling me that you use BeatSource somewhat with some of the lessons or something. Are you? you uh... So yeah, it's it's a it's a great education tool, man. Especially for people that are learning to um, construct sets, um, get a lot of music that they don't have, like have access to it without actually having to go search. Uh, you know, blogs and internet sites and shit like that they, they can right. just go to that thing subscribe have a bunch of music um curate their own playlist on the website they automatically populate in serato so instead of me having to give like say for instance i'm teaching a class to you and you don't really have that much music instead of me having to think of songs to give you like say i want you to your homework for the week is to do a 10 song mix and you got to do it in this way with these certain amount of technical elements put into it but you right. don't even have the music so and i don't even really know like what your shit is like what do you like to do because i always like to have students work with materials that they like it's much right. easier if i just give you you know wu-tang and mop and you know to work with that might not be your shit so it's not going to be as fun for you so with beat source they can go on the site curate their own playlist or take one of the playlists that already exists that it's in the genre that they like and right. they can work with those songs and it's all you know all the keys and all that shit is all there everything that they need is just right there and i can show them some things without actually having to give the materials from my laptop or having them download it from some weird site. So it's been pretty awesome. And, you know, now that they're starting to get all this, um, the shit built in there with the edits, you know, that, that I think is going to be um, a major leap in helping students really be able to utilize that because a lot of the versions that they would get up there didn't have any intros. And right. if you weren't an experienced DJ, you probably wouldn't know how to blend those two records together. So I like to give my students, you know, hammers and nails. I don't want to give them that $400 all in one tool that, you know, does everything for you. I need them to learn the basics. Yeah. So I need you to know what an intro is and an outro, and I can show you song structure. So when those edits are really fully implemented all over from all the labels, I think that's going to really, um, it's just going to ch change shit. Yeah, and you can have your own playlist that you make that you can right. send to them too, like the, the school one, because they even have dope scratch records up there I've been finding and so many instrumentals and, you know, whatever you need. So that's 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 a cool way to hear that you're using it because I haven't, it's been more like people like, oh, I use it at a gig or here and there, but um, to be able to have your own club or school or way to share the songs with each other and utilize it is pretty yeah pretty and i dope. think it is the, i think that that is going to be the future because um yeah you know it's it's um you know once they work out a few things on the back end which is all basically having to do do with licensing and all the shit that no one really wants to talk about especially <laughs> us you know we don't care about that you know but no the rest of the rest of the guys sitting in the office have to work all that shit out so that they can make this really go yeah. but um you know to be able to what about streaming? Like, uh, can if we were able to stream as much as you or I or anyone else, people that stream five days a week playing like commercial songs or hip hop joints, what if they were streaming from BeatSource? Then those artists get paid a lot That's, more than they would get I, paid from Spotify or whatever it is that they're you know getting their royalties from so that's what but I'm the saying. problem but the problem is if if the dj tools didn't exist like the edits or like the cool remixes or whatever then it's going to limit 
the amount of music that gets used from that, you know? So right. that's why use having the edits or remixes or licensing deals that are a little bit more lenient or open-ended. I feel like that will change things because all those artists have missed out on a lot of streams over the past year because of those edits, those DJ friendly tools did not exist because I can't mix a lot of the shit that's an album version. You know, I don't care how good you are. If it's just a fucking ambient string for four bars and there's no drums, I mean, yeah. what am I going to, am I going to really w risk fucking up my mix just to get this artist played? No, I'm going to find something that has an easier way for me to do it. As, as, as good as I might be or some other DJ might be, I'm not about uh, making unnecessary uh, risks in the middle of a live set. I'm going to go yeah. for what works. I'm not going to try to force a square into a circle. That's just not going to happen. So once they get everything to be a circle, that'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. I know exactly because there's, I mean, I don't know how many DJs there are in the world, but can you imagine if every, if most of the DJs were playing one song and they were all using a service like BeatSource that gave credit to the actual artist? That would increase their streams by like a significant amount. I mean, yeah, in the beginning, if it's small, then they could go, oh, whatever. But that could be huge. That could be. And then the DJs, I think the artists will realize how big of a role the DJs do play. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Because when I tell artists about it and I've told some artists about it and they are like pretty excited about, you know, that becoming something that is a reality, but there, you know, there's a lot of things that need to get worked out because really it's still in its, in, in, in its infancy. For sure. And, um, you know, once a lot of holes get filled and a lot of gaps get plugged, um, and, you know, some of the things that are offered, I feel like then it will really be solid and it will just take off. Like, and that's just going to be, it'll just going to, it's going to break everything. Yeah, totally. Um, I know they have this, uh, oh man, they were showing me some stuff that's coming out, I think in the next week or two. That's so dope. Like a new way to go through the music. Um, it's, it just changed. I was like, wow, this just changed everything for me. Like, right. It and was, that's the type of shit I like to see where it's like, Okay, it didn't look like that the last time I looked at it. Well, damn, this is way better. Or oh, wow, man, that this... feature is really all you have to do is you all you did is added one button click and it just changed the whole. Yeah, landscape. that's a dope thing is that it's DJs that are doing it and making it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you tell them, great. hey, this is the problem I'm having, they relate to it immediately and are like, okay, we got to fix this. You know, so yeah, that's that's been the dope the dope thing I've seen about working with them and seeing how they adjust to everything and and they're constantly forward thinking like what would what would i want you know and then mm -hmm. they listen to the feedback too because even with that new thing they're about to come out with they're like what should we do so everybody get you know told them this is dope this isn't you know so we'll yeah. see I'll, I'll show you i'll tell you about it after but um yeah that's that that's super dope to hear and um and and like being in the teacher standpoint, but being someone that's been DJing for so long and knows so much and has, has such an amazing kind of work ethic that you have and, you know, discipline, like you said, do you learn anything being on the teacher side of things? Like almost like the teacher learning from the student or just from something in the process? So that's the reason that I got into being an instructor is I wasn't learning anything from any of the DJs or any of the people that I was, I was seeing, you know, I, it, once yeah. you get to a certain point, man, you really got to dig, you get to a certain level of mastery. You have to really look hard to find someone that's going to teach you new things. And 
you know, there was no Twitch or this type of experience when I first started um, teaching. Yeah. You know, right. and so, you know, I was looking around and I just felt like, man, the club scene in LA was totally trash at that point. Like every, every cl club had a whack fucking DJ playing at it. You know, like there was probably like, you know, all the good DJs were going either on the road through a, a booking agency and, and they weren't even playing in the LA clubs anymore, or they were at smaller venues and, you know, just kind of doing their own thing. Yeah. And like the, there wasn't really any mixtapes and there was no hip hop. It was the EDM fist pump era. And like, you know, a lot of crazy shit was happening. I was just feeling real empty on the DJ side. I said, man, I'm not learning. I'm not getting any better anymore because, you know, things were changing in my life where I was home a little bit more because I had kids. So I wasn't going on the road as much and DJing as much. So I felt like I needed something else. So I called up Chuck and I was like, hey, man, you know, let me come sit in on a couple of classes. So, it, it, from right that that point i just started learning so the first time i sat in on a class i was like holy shit this is it this is the answer and so i just started learning how to teach and for five years you know i said this on this call that i was on yesterday with um with uh, dj city and beat source you know you were listening in yeah but yeah and um i it just it clicked and so for five years i had to learn how to teach people I wasn't learning anything on the DJ side except how to teach people what I'd been doing for the last 25 years. Cause I had to explain it now into a, a group of people that were hanging on my every word, whether they knew who I was or not. I was a teacher. Well, I guess I better learn how to teach. So, <laughs> um, you know, once I learned how to do that, then the answer to that question was I, hell yeah. I learned so much every single time I teach any student anything new because their reaction how they utilize what i've teach what i'm teaching them how they implement it in their life when they come back to the next class they tell me how they did this with that and, and i'm i'm soaking all this information up there is i mean i'm so much better i mean in the in the last 10 years i probably have gotten three four hundred percent better all around because i'm a teacher in ways that i could never have achieved being just a dj you can't wow. get, you, there's no way you can, even if you're around the dopest DJs all day long, if you're not teaching them something and they're not teaching you something directly, you're not getting the experience that I'm getting. So, you know, teaching somebody that's been scratching for 20 years that they've been doing it wrong this whole time and watching yeah. the reaction and then watching them try to use it and then learning from how they're trying to chisel away at bad habits. How can I make it easier for somebody? How that, wait a minute, that's me. That somebody is me. I've been DJing for that long. I need to try that when I go home and when I go home and try it, it works and I get wow. better. So there's that, you know, that is the whole process for me. I'm teaching to learn because I wasn't learning until I was able to start seeing all my favorite DJs on my phone <laughs> every day. Right. So what most DJs don't really understand is that I'm the same guy on the phone in your chat room that I was when I came to see you in the club. I'm in the corner. <laughs> I'm studying. <laughs> right, right. Right. I'm watching everything. I am pinching those fingers up to see what this person is doing. 
<laughs> I'm making, checking it you're out. You're making man. me nervous. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying that I, I'm. Sh- I can see why that might be something that no, would happen. Kidding, but at the end of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, it's me trying to figure out, like, oh man, how how. Okay, that's that's a cool position. Oh, I never heard that scratch before. Oh, how are they doing that? Or what button is yeah. he pressing? Or how is that? You know, I'm more. I'm looking at it for like a scientist. You yes. Know? Yes. And so I'm studying. And now what most people don't realize is that they're my lab rats. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm looking at, I'm looking at even my favorite DJs like Cubert doesn't even, I, I mean, he doesn't care, but I don't know if he knows, but like he's giving me gems just by being on. He just, I'm, like, I'm learning. Like, what? like how he captures the other person's stream and scratches over it. No, or? his body position when he does certain scratch his hand position oh. his finger position on the record when he's doing it um and i'm seeing things from a perspective of somebody that's been doing that for 30 years so i'm seeing things that not everybody else that's watching him is seeing i'm yeah. zooming in on his i'm like how is his body way over there and his hand is over here and he's doing this and then he's moving this way because this literally is like studying an alien. Watching Qbert do his thing oh, is yeah. like really studying someone that's not having anything human while that's happening. When he's not <laughs> so scratching, true. he's totally human. Yeah. But when he's doing his thing, it is it's unlike anything. And now I'm I, I used to never be able to see it except when we would play a gig together. I would go to his house or he'd come to my school or whatever. Maybe once or twice a year, right? Now yeah. I see it every day. Right. So That's I'm crazy. learning just by watching him. And then when Craze comes on, I'm watching him do his thing. I'm also watching other DJs that are ambidextrous because now I'm at that point too. So I'm looking at them and learning how they're doing it so I can better understand it so I can better teach it to somebody else. Right. So that did not exist when I was learning how to teach. Yeah. So the first evolution was five years into teaching. That's when I started to learn. Right. And then also because I started to learn, that's when I started to make it into a profitable thing. Yeah. Because I was floundering basically for five years, still learning how to teach somebody. And if I couldn't make you get better in a certain amount of time, you weren't going to keep giving me your money. Right. You know? Right. If you know you come to see a personal trainer and then three weeks later you're fatter and more out of shape, you're not going to keep going back to that trainer. Right. What so, What changed in those five years? I mean, what do you think was the the big switch? Um, learn. you know, it's, it's hard to pinpoint one thing, but, you know, being in that environment, it, if it probably would be being able to make a personal connection with somebody on the, on, on the drop of a dime and understand what their needs are, what they want to do with it, what kind of music they like, what kind of a person they are in about 15 minutes. And the remainder of that 45 minute lesson or that hour lesson, I need to give them something from that list of things that I've just learned about them. I need to give it back to them and make them feel like I just got better. I, I just, yeah. I just learned something and I didn't, I've been DJing for 10 years and I just walked in here, don't know this guy and Holy shit, I'm better in 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. So that's good. That's good what, insight. That's what a lot of other DJ instructors I feel like are not able to do. Um, you might be the dopest DJ on the planet. 
you know, you might have like all these accolades. You might be, you might be Cuber. You might be somebody else that is a world-class scratch DJ. But if you can't do that and be able to bring yourself back down to another person's um, place, where they're, wherever they're at in life, um, when they come in to see you and connect with them, find out what it is they want to do, what their ultimate goal is, what their short-term goal is, and move them a little further down the road in that short amount of time you have not only does that make me a better instructor, it makes them feel like, yes, I definitely can learn with this person. This is the yeah. person I want to learn from. And then that's a win for me all around, but it's also a win for them. And it's a win for the culture because I know that this person is going to go out into the DJ world, wherever they go, learning at least in my estimation, the right shit. Yeah, so, right. That's, uh, that's no, that's really good insight. Um, it's it's something that almost seems like i guess common sense but not you know like of course you got to relate to the person but i think that there's a, a huge skill to it you know and it's it's a listening skill i guess as djs we're used to just like presenting and going this is what we do and also like you said i i don't know how i learned i would watch a vhs tape i would listen right. to a cassette tape of shortcut and cubert and and dj premiere mm -hmm. and you and i would try to imitate it and go how is he going dip -a -dip -a -dip -a -dip -a -dip on work the angles you know or like something and, right. and i would just sit in my room for eight hours until i could do half of the dip -a -dip -a -dip -a -dip, you know like exactly. i didn't even know what but it was now, called but or like you said and i couldn't see anybody doing it i was just alone in my room you know mm -hmm. uh same doing here it. so yeah and, and then yeah. that's why it's funny because i've been in situations where even red bulls like we want you to teach a snowboarder how to dj or different things and i'm like I don't know how to explain anything. And then we're like, well, how right. are you doing this? I don't know. I'm just literally, I made my hands do a bunch of things until I figured out how to make that sound and then did it so many times that my body knew how to do it. <laughs> I could never right. explain it with my mouth. <laughs> it's like so weird. Yeah, you, you can explain to them how you don't know how to explain <laughs> what you're doing. Right. But you can't explain the thing you're doing. And that's, that was the thing. Like I, when I started to learn and I watched you know chalk or hoppa or whoever else was you know ex uh, instructing break certain things down that i've been doing for so many years but never explained i was like whoa that yeah. is my, i i am blown away at that holy shit right. i need to change everything and so you know a lot of djs um or instructors approach this from kind of a condescending um place you know yeah um, if you are somebody in the dj community or even in the dj instruction world you know they there doesn't djs have egos we all no matter how nice of a guy you are bro you got an ego too you got a dj's ego that's just period yeah. you get to, and you get to a certain that's point true. in in your dj career you there is an ego and that's and that's and that's that's fine it should be there it should be fully intact it should be healthy even egomaniacal at some points <laughs> you know like to the point where you're just like you know, someone looks at you like you're over the top. That's all good as long as you're dope at what you do. And you, when someone comes to learn from you or ask you a question, you you break it down on, with a level of humility and respect because they really want to know what you're doing. And it's fine if you don't know how to explain it. But, you know, don't make it seem a lot of I've seen a lot of instructors make it seem like they should already know this. What do you been all these years? What do you mean? Well, how do you do a baby scratch? Like what's they don't. And they feel like they're not. And what I'm saying is they're not making that connection. They're kind of off putting, 
you know, yeah. or they feel like, oh, I showed you this five times already. You don't get this. Like, you know, it's a lot of patience that you have to learn because not everybody's going to learn the same. Obviously that nobody yeah. learns the same. Some people are audio. Some people are visual. Some people are need to see it written down or hear it broken down three or four times or being, you know, some people I'd have to grab their hand and show them like, okay, this is how you do it. Like, because they just couldn't get it from audio or visual. I needed to physically go over there and put their hand on the record with my hand and move it this way. And then show them how to like, if you can't dig that deep and you don't have that in you, then, you know, maybe instruction is not for you, you know? So, and it's not for everybody. It's tough, but I thought it was great and simply out of being selfish, knowing that I could gain so much more knowledge from my students than they could ever gain from me, then that was, you know, that was great. They're just, I'm just milking it. And I'm just, I don't care. I'm showing them. I, I Look, man, I can give you my recipe book. You're not going to bake my cake. Period. Yeah, of course. Right. So I'm not ashamed or afraid or worried about any of that at all i'm i'm an open book when it comes to this w thing that i do that you do so yeah you know i feel like it was a really good um way for me to get better um interacting with people of you know all walks of life all ages you know i've taught from 10 to 60 so crazy and everybody in between you know like moms with a full-time job or people that just feel like hey you know i'm 45 i need a new hobby you know so right right and then there's the like i want to be on a red bull stage next year so yeah all of that in between so it's very very different and diverse and that's what makes it really fun it's never boring yeah oh that's dope i mean it's something i've seen with uh certain veteran djs that are you know at the top of their game um, I guess, well, to go back a second, like you see some DJs become stagnant or bitter or complacent or something. And I noticed that some of the ones that successfully go into teaching or giving back in some way to the community tend to remain, uh, happy and young at, at heart mm -hmm. in a way. And, it re-inspired, you know, because you look at the beat junkies, you look at what you're doing, you look at Hoppa, you look at mm -hmm. these people that have been doing this for 30 years, you know, crazy mm -hmm. long time. And, and they get re-inspired. And I mean, going to the beat junkies school and seeing the look on their faces and the look on the students' faces and how it was going, I'm like, like you said, this is it. This is the key to, mm -hmm. um, growing older and being happy as a DJ in a way, uh, at least yeah. part of it. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I, and learning to get better and always being yeah. ahead of the competition, no matter what, you know, and I let students know, like, yo, if you get good enough one day, you're going to step into my lane and you're my food, you know, <laughs> you're, my, you're my competition at that point. And, you know, we're still friends and I'm still your instructor and, you know, you can still learn from me. But now you're stepping into the into the game. So just understand what that means. And, you right. know. You know, all the guys that are all your friends, if you once you start gunning for their jobs, it's a different game. And now you've turned what you what you loved into your lunch money. That's also very different. And, um, you know, preparing somebody for that is is pretty ill. But, you know, learning from me, you know, for instance, learning on my 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 weekend, which is, you know, on my right side, my right hand, you know, 
with actually my left hand with, with the fader when i started explaining how to 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 people how to do scr certain scratch techniques with my strong hand when i was actually verbalizing it and explaining it to them that's what made it click in my brain and i went home and did the same thing that i told my students to do on my weak hand that's when i started getting better i was wow. teaching myself from teaching other students that would have yeah. been impossible without me learning to articulate very clearly and directly to do precise movements with one hand while doing precise movements with the other and what those movements are and how to break them down for someone who had never done it before. Once yeah. I did that, I broke it down to its base and then I came home and it was just game on. Man, that's, that's inspirational. Like that makes me, you know, cause, cause I sometimes feel like, Oh, I'm stuck or I can't learn this. So that makes me want to take classes and teach people, you know, cause pe <laughs> yeah. people hit me like, Oh, can you show me this or teach me this? And, and I'll be like, I don't know, you know, cause it would be cool to interact with people in that front, even with podcasting. Now people mm -hmm. hit me like, how do I set up the podcast? How do you learn this? How do you learn that? Yeah. And like you said, just the amount of technical stuff I've learned in the past year, year and a half is so crazy. It's ridiculous. That, yeah. Um, I don't even realize it till I explain to someone like I was trying to explain things to people even 10 months ago, you know, when the pandemic, I had learned so much in two months and they're like, wow, how do you know so much? I'm like, I don't know. I literally just <laughs> learned and I've never had to explain it to anyone. So I'm learning by talking to you because I didn't even know I knew all this. Like it just right, slowly crept up in my brain and built up. Yeah. So that's the thing. You don't really know it's there because you've never had to verbalize it. If you, if yeah. you were forced to, you would, you realize the Im immense amount of shit that you have stored in your brain. And you know, that that's a, a revelation after all this time. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just, um, yeah, it's it's just a wild space to be in, and uh, it's again, you'll never stop learning, getting better, growing, and uh, but there's a big difference between showing somebody how to do something, right? Then, as opposed to teaching somebody how to do something, you know, there's yeah. a huge difference, and um, a lot of people are just showing. Yeah, know, when I see them teach, you know. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's such an important point. There is a huge difference between showing and actually teaching, um, and I'm sure that comes from just like a, being a DJ, having a long you know time of experience, being having the experience of being a teacher. Like you said, it took you five years to feel mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, it clicked. Here we go. Now I know how to do this. Yeah, um, I mean, as with anything, it took me five years to feel like I was an actual DJ. You know, like same, I, didn't, totally. I, didn't, I wasn't doing, I wasn't taking this shit up, this show on the road <laughs> until yeah. five years. You know, I was, I was in my bedroom for five years or like the homies crib where I would do, you know, house parties in the projects or wherever there was some do cool shit to do, but I wasn't like trying to go get real gigs. I was still learning. And I realized that like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to step on the field and have somebody hand me the ball and then just get tackled and crumpled and crushed and have my whole career <laughs> laid out in front of me. I wanted to do it the right way and make sure I was ready to a certain point. You're never going to be what you think is ready. That never, yeah. that day never comes. You know, it's like having kids. No one's ever ready. Right. I don't care how much money you have. You're never ready for that. And, um, but you know, you should be a little prepared you know <laughs> should have you <laughs> certain things in place 
Right. But, There's um, not ready and really not ready. <laughs> I guess yeah, that's exactly. what it is for kids. <laughs> um, and uh, how, wait, uh, are your kids into DJing at all? Yeah. Yes and no. You know, um, you know my daughter's my daughter's seven. She just turned seven today, actually. So what? Amazing. Um, Happy yeah, birthday. So, yeah. My son is 10 and they're into it. But, you know, they've been seeing me do it for since they were alive. So it's like, yeah. Eh. I, I mean, and you know, and, and the thing is, like, they, they, they are they're eager to learn enough at the point. But I know what I was like, and they're mini me's. And Same. you know, I didn't start in really exploring any music at length or at any depth until I was probably, I want to say, twelve, thirteen. And then right. when I really got into it, it was all over. And if someone was ready to teach me that at that point, oh fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. But you couldn't tell me shit until that point. You couldn't teach it's me true. how to do anything. So yeah. I know my kids, like my daughters, uh, you know, she would take a latching on to it, but I'm trying to get her involved in other things, man. They're kids, kids, you know, seven and 10. That's, that's young, man. And so I yeah. know my kids, I know where they come from. I know they got the genes in them. I know they got that, um, that musical thing buried deep down inside. I know where it comes from and I know how to activate it. And so when it's time, that's cool. I'm not one of those dads that's been, you know, grooming my four year old in front of the turntables and having them do triple click flares for three years. <laughs> right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like that's it seems a little much, and um, it seems like it might actually burn them out or right. kind of right. fizzle right. out and uh, fizzle out a talent that didn't have a time to really um, bloom or or blossom. Right. They might if, not even remember it. I mean, who knows? I mean, if the kid's into it, go for it. Like my kid's yeah, been super sure. into soccer, you know, since the beginning. So we'll go with it. But, but I'm saying, yeah. like, why push him to do, oh, well, if you teach him now, later they're going to be amazing. Also, later they might never want to do this again or not even remember how they did it <laughs> when they were right. five. Because uh, also teaching your own children is very different than teaching somebody else's children very yeah my kid so, my son you know, does not listen to me how he listens to his coach <laughs> i have not quite figured out how to do that properly and efficiently the way i'm able to do that with somebody else so i'm doing it in small doses like every now and then i'll bring my daughter into the studio and i'll have her like you will do a remix of something like we just started a remix of uh some shit from frozen Right. Nice. So I was like, let's chop this up and do this. And how do you want it to sound? And then I would have her hit the drum key and, you know, for the on the push and do some drums. And then my son was the same thing. I used to bring him to um, when I had an office downtown, I used to bring him there and I would have him make a beat while I was in there, um, you know, working on some stuff. And they were they were good at it. So good enough to let me know. That, OK, it's there. Yeah. It's latent. But, and all right. it needs is to be, you know, harvested. But if you pick a fruit off the plant and it's not ripe that shit's in the trash, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I got to wait. I got to give it to them at the right time. And I also have to feel like I know what I'm doing. So it's not going to be a struggle fest because man, I couldn't, I, I can't figure out how to teach my, my, my kid, uh, first grade math, you know, Oh my how God. the fuck am I going to teach him how to do this? You know? So I, once I can figure yeah. that out, I think it's better. Now it's frustrating, you know, to trying to do the homeschooling thing because it's a requirement and it's school and it's important and it's stressful. Um, you know, DJ is <laughs> fun. Yeah, but, exactly. But it's, since this last year of homeschooling has kind of wrecked 
that side of the relationship for us, for everybody. You know, I need to give a cool off period before I start trying to teach them anything and just let them be. Oh, it's so are. true. And whatever that new math they're teaching is pretty damn crazy. I was like trying to do his math with him. I think it was last night or two nights ago, like you said. And I mean, I was like, no, you do it like this or you do this. And I was totally wrong. Like my wife had to read. I'm like, can you check what we did? Because I don't even feel confident in the yeah. way they're laying this out right now. This is crazy. Yeah, the layout is um, it's definitely not how I learned how to do it. And, me um, too. That's fine, so different. But, yeah, you know, fine. don't ask me to do it that way don't ask me to try and help them with their homework if we just you change the whole formula up you change the, the science i'm not knowing and now you want me to teach them and like you know everyone's looking at me like aren't you a fucking teacher and i'm like not i don't teach this, this you kind know? Of, like, yeah exactly oh man yes it's hard man that, that's been a hard part of the the year man so yeah very hard and it's been hard to do that and and be able to do the streaming and do all the other oh, things, man. you know, because it's, like um, there's, there's people that are just home alone or home with their girl or boyfriend or whatever. And they're able to go, okay, I'm going to go do this, but it's harder with a whole family at home. Yeah. Much harder, you know? And, um, yeah, just to, to have, to, to be able to have the opportunity, um, to do all that stuff is, is great, but you know, yeah. it's still, you got to be built for it, man. You got to be able to take some serious hits um, deal with um, a lot of um, troubleshooting, manage a lot of stress, manage your time. And time just kind of disappears when you enter this world. You know, it's like, what? Yeah. I just was, I was streaming for five hours and 50 minutes. Are you fucking kidding me? That that was I, happening I mean, to me. Yeah. I'm like, like, how and, long? And, yeah. Yeah, that's over. That I, You know, that's, that's, that's going to be done because as fun as it is, you know, like it's, 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 um, cramping my life man you know cramping my style <laughs> it's like i'm, I'm waking i'm going to bed at like times that i haven't gone to bed since i was in my mid-20s you I know, know. What I'm with I'm, a kid I'm, it's hard yeah i'm like and yo oh shit i gotta be up to get my daughter on for school at 7 30 it's five in the morning right now great <laughs> that you know that's what was happening to me i know i'm like i took a step back i'm like all right i'm taking a step back from twitch i gotta rethink i gotta come back and be more of like like a a mean boss to myself and be like, all right, you're, you're only on for two hours, buddy, you know, or something right. like, yeah, tighten um, it up and just kind of make it, um, make it efficient, make it effective, make it impactful. And then boom, drop the mic and walk away. So the people want more of what you do, because I see a lot of people doing things, you know, five days a week that are not, you know, they're not bad, but they're just not, yeah. You know, it's background music. You know what I'm saying? And that's right. cool because it, it, it might be good background music. And I'm glad that there are people that are providing that background music, you know, and it's but it's not entertaining. Like when I watch you do your thing, you're you're the same guy that that I know. It's like it's entertaining. <laughs> you're playing shit. You're doing goofy stuff. You're having good fun with the, the chat room. And it's entertaining. I will watch it again. I watch other people for other reasons that are entertaining to me. And yeah, I'm you know, I don't need to see Qbert cutting it up every day. That shit's like not going to be that's not my bread and butter. I need I'm a DJ and I need entertainment when I go see a DJ. Show me who you are. Play your shit. You know, don't do the same thing that everyone else is doing. And so I see a lot of that happening where it's like, well, I, you know, why? But then I also find, you know, like shit that y'all would have never found before like people playing the like the people that you would ex least expect playing the super dope shit are playing it and i'm like what yeah how did i 
how did I end up here? Who sent me here? What is this place? <laughs> you know? I know, I know. I know. I wish Twitch had like I wish Twitch had a little bit better um discovery feature. I feel like I oh, kind of yeah. stumble upon things, but yeah. and the ra- the raid is amazing, but mm-hmm. I wish there was a I don't know. I don't know what it is because I'm not a programmer, but there has to be a better way to discover channels you'll like, streams that are happening and like a, Yeah, their algorithm is not the same as um say no. YouTube or Spotify yeah. or something like that, or Genius or whatever it is that Apple does. You know, it's like it kind of um intuitively the AI guesses what you might like next. It, this right. is just based on numbers and how many people are hosting the channel and how many people are in your room based on people that you follow. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's not that's not a good way to find no. a curated um playlist of djs that you follow or entertainers or even streamers like gamers you know like how because the game's got it broken down you want to watch somebody play call of duty there's a call of duty thing you know you want to watch somebody play fucking league of legends there's that there's that you want to watch whatever game you want Fortnite. it's all broken down by game right right there's not like hip-hop dj house music i know they should have or or even production like the people that do those producer streams or stuff like right. that you know like but i feel like be... man the minute the minute we start banging on the door and saying hey can you guys change this a little bit for the music they're gonna be like wait a minute people are doing music hold on let no. me run this up the fucking office real quick and let me make a little let me make a little no i, I think adjust. they know they're 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 supportive i think they see the numbers and how strong it is and how I think DJs are the best at getting the subscriptions and the bits and knowing and how to retention, hype it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because but yeah, that I feel like the minute um, that little temporary deal that they got going that's allowing them to continue right. um, doing what they're doing, the minute people start really bringing in big numbers, like when Jazzy Jeff's one thousand people goes to ten thousand people. Yeah. That's when the people in the offices start noticing, you know. Totally. And it's not the minute it becomes a nuisance to Amazon is the minute that we, you know, we all might have a problem. Because, you know, right. we all saw what happened when the shit what happened with like, you know, Napster and all that other shit. It was all happening under their noses. And when labels started sniffing around and wanted to find out what was going on, they're like, oh hell no. Right. And then boom, music industry collapses. And so you know, I, I'm I'm cool with it being the way it is for now. You know, it could be better, yeah. obviously, but I'm not going to, you know, no one should be, you know, forming a committee to try and help make, you know, this thing that's, that's going on a little bit more precise and effective for the user. Right. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Now, it's true. We don't want to, like, raise a flag, you know, that they're going to see. But I think that they're... That, they're the most responsive company I've ever talked to and dealt with, you know, that have mm-hmm. actual people on the ground and in the streams, like checking it out and knowing what's happening and putting it on the front page, you know, putting mm-hmm. Jazzy Jeff or people like that on the front page of their website, you know, for people to mm-hmm. see. I mean, logging on and seeing Mellow D DJ is like, this is amazing. This website owned by Amazon decides to yeah. put Mellow D on the front page. Okay. I give them props. Whoever made that decision, you know, it's pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, I think that's um, I like, again, like I can turn on my phone right now and I can see people that I would have never been able to see. Like even even local people, like yo, when you were playing in town, 
I was either doing something else or playing somewhere. Oh, exactly. I couldn't come see you. Like if I was yeah. playing and I was done, party's over. It's two o'clock. I'm done. Or, you know, like if someone was playing, um, you know, on a Wednesday and I was, you know, my day to go out that week or during the week was a Thursday, then I can't, I can't come out. So yeah. now it's like, I really remember what, it, like, I wow. Okay. This has never been accessible before. I can see what this person is playing and I can hear what that person is playing and learn from that and get that experience. So I think it's great. And, um, you know, I, hopefully it, st it sticks around. Yeah. Um, well, we keep coming back to Twitch, but, um, just, uh, you know, to go back in time a little bit, um, what, how did you start? Like, where were you, where were you originally from? And then I know you, you came to LA like mid nineties. Right. And, um, yep. I remember obviously hearing you on the wake up show was mm -hmm. one of the main places I would hear you. And I mean, mm -hmm. the most amazing it was amazing. I mean, the most amazing mix is the way you guys would have uh, people come in freestyle, all that stuff, and, and also hearing you scratch on records. I mean, I remember hearing you on Work the Angles, Dilated Peoples, and that was mm -hmm. just so mind-blowing to me. At first, I thought it was Babu because he's in the group, and then I see mm -hmm. Scratches by DJ Revolution, and it was very much your style. I mean, that that mm -hmm. perfect, you know, chirp and, and just the way it was on there. I mean... The amount of times I practiced to that record and just trying to get those sounds alone was so crazy. And the other record, which I don't think is well known, was, and I have doubles of it somewhere in here, is uh, that Red Foo and Dre Croon. And yep. you took, uh, you can't get fresher than this, fresher yeah. than this. And like, I can literally remember every single scratch you did on that song, scratch for scratch, like it's a word in my head because it was mm -hmm. so mind blowing to me what what you did on there um mm. so i guess you know that is way more than what i was asking but like <laughs> where <laughs> i just wanted to go over those things because they were so dope to me but um you know how did you get to that point like to be able to scratch that well who were your influences and to be able to do those amazing amazing scratch choruses like how did it all start out for you um so you know i'll kind of break that down into parts you know i um i'm originally from the east coast you know born in new york and um lived there for a couple of years moved all over the east coast i actually lived in colorado for a little while um moved in i lived in ohio kind of bounced around a lot and then right. um i wasn't really into music at all until like i was saying earlier about you know 10 or 11 i kind of woke up musically and then i really started paying attention to what was on the radio and how do i get it and I need to get this music. Like it exists only on the radio. Well, how does that, how is that possible? And so, you know, right. I just started doing a little bit of investigation in, with my kid mind. And, um, you know, at that, at that point I was, um, still on the East coast and, um, you know, so I was around hip hop early. I just didn't know what it really was cause I was young. So I would go to like summer camp and shit and like learn about it from friends that I made there. And like they would have like fucking breakdancing circles and they would be doing shit like that. And I was like, what is this crazy shit? You know, because, you yeah. know, I come from I come from, you know, typical mayonnaise family. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's none of that right. happening. There's no attachment to cool shit on that side. So um this was extremely cool to me, you know, and um, yeah, I did a little bit more yeah. investigation and, you know, started listening to the college radio a lot when I found out that that's that existed. And then on 
on a college radio station that was in New Hampshire, I heard like, you know, shit like jam on it and like weird random rap shit that I was never hearing before. And then I heard Grandmaster Flash on the Wheels of Steel. And I knew the records that he was playing on that, like Good Times and all the other shit. And he was, and then he had all this multi-tracking going on. I was like, I didn't even know what multi-tracking was. I'm like, how was he getting that sound on top of that record on an actual record that someone is playing? Like, what is happening right. here? My mind is blown. So that <laughs> kind of started my little journey. And um, from that point on, I got really into music and I needed to have as much as I could. So I was taking my little allowance money. I live with my grandparents at the time. I was taking my little allowance money that I would get. And I would go to um, a bookstore that was known for having records in the, in the basement. It was called the Dartmouth Bookstores in um, Hanover, New Hampshire. So I lived there for about a year. And so during that year, I started collecting a whole bunch of shit. They sold Mav 45s, and I would take my little money down there. I couldn't afford like 12 inches or LPs. I was broke. So a seven inch was like a dollar or whatever it was, two dollars. So I yeah. would rack up seven inches and come home. All pop shit like Madonna, Billy Idol, any shit, you know? Yeah. And then I started being the guy in my sixth grade class with the music. Everybody, because I would come in with tapes that I made at home. They're like, hey, man, how did you get that music? Because there was no internet. I was a fucking magician. I had music on my own tapes that wasn't on the radio. What is, how, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. I started selling mixtapes to my sixth grade class. They would tell me the songs that they wanted. I would either get the record or then make that, you know, have that, you know, I play it on. My, I wasn't mixing or anything. I was just making the tape for them. Boom. Here you go. Give me my $10. So I was making 10 bucks each tape or five bucks. I don't know what it was. Yeah, probably five bucks each tape from probably, you know, four or five students uh, a week, maybe. That's so I was great. making some money. Then I turned that into real records. I was buying albums and 12 inches. And, uh, you know, my grandfather hauled this, these mismatched turntables out of the, his attic. He literally walked up one of those attics that you pull down the stairs from and walked up blew the dust off these turntables built me a mixer from scratch out of scrap metal in his garage in his workshop and i watched wow. him do it didn't have a fader only two volume knobs and a master knob and a little red switch for power so then he showed me how to hook it up show me what each thing did all the wires and all that and i learned how to do it so and then I, he showed me how to hook it up to speakers and you know i had to, it was the most you know, and I was DJing basically on a thrift shop <laughs> setup, you know? Yeah. And so I learned how to spin records that way and, and you know, develop um, just a, you know, a comfort level with two turntables and a mixer at an early age, man. It was like 13. Right. And then from there, man, I just, I went off. It was just over. And so early influences were, you know, of course, Grandmaster Flash and, um, you know, but I heard that, you know, kind of retroactively, obviously that record came out way before I discovered it. I discovered it in probably like 85 or 86. Yeah. Um, but, but anyway, so yeah, Grandmaster Flash. And then, you know, once um, I really started discovering hip hop music, um, any, any group that had any success had a DJ in it. So there was scratches on the record. So I followed that right. DJ, like DJ cheese, you know, um, yeah. you know, or Jazzy yeah. Jeff, obviously, um, Joe Cooley, you know, just people, any record that was a hit had a fucking DJ either down yeah. with the crew or whatever. And, you know, I was still, um, 
spending summers in White Plains with my my grandmother at her house, and I could pick up Kiss FM from there. So I, every Friday night, Red Alert was on. Boom. That's how I learned how to. What is he doing with those records? How does he right. make it go back and forth like that and repeat the same phrase? And what is that record, by the way? Holy shit, how do I get that record? So I go back home to Massachusetts and find a way to get that. And then I just, you know, I was, man, I was all over that shit. Just yeah. I, Even just from that little bit of shit that I just told you, picture a kid now trying to do all that bullshit. I, I, I can't. I mean, it's all internet-based probably, but yeah. Right, it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, I can download this from here. I can learn how to do it from this guy here on this master class. And then I just do that for a year, and then I think I'm I'm good, right? So, right. Um, yeah. So I started my my musical journey early, 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 man, and just um, there was a lot of obstacles in the way that made me have the drive that I have today. You know, I had to really work right. to get it, man, and um, it was not handed to me. Nobody taught it to me. I had learned it the same way you did, just watching and listening for every little nugget that I could pick up off the ground as I followed everybody around. Any gem that was dropped, I picked that shit up and made everything out of it, you know? So, um, you know, and then turning that into actual, you know, being a DJ meant I'm not going to be the battle guy because even though I entered battles, like local battles and, you know, sometimes regional battles, I realized, man, there's a cap to that. If I don't get number one, if I don't win this battle, I just blew months of my life. Right. I could have been learning things that are much more valuable to me in the future. Yeah. You know, it's like training for the Olympics. You 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 train to be number one, right? You train for four years for a 30-second race. If you lose that 30-second race, how fucking devastated are you? Because you just, you didn't waste four years of your life. You became, if you don't place third or above, you became a person that didn't get anything for that. You know, right. except personal satisfaction. And that was not <laughs> where I was going. So, <laughs> right, right. you know, like I, I learned to do shit like make mixtapes. I was heavy in the mixtape game before I ever came out here. That's how, when I got out here, that's how tech discovered me. Oh, um, okay. It was a mixtape. So I was making mixtapes, running around all the cities that I was able to get to with a bus or my short range car. At the time, I was hustling. I was running yeah. around doing the rounds. And I was doing the same shit when I came out here, man. You know, I just went up on Melrose and hit up all those joints and went all over to all the hood spots and try to sell records. I mean, mixtapes and pick up my little bit of money from every one of those spots every week. And um, so I was pretty, you know, I was still heavy in it. And so I got discovered by, you know, this mixtape that I had, which was an old mixtape. And but Tech was like, yo, this shit is incredible. He found me. Boom. Two weeks later, I'm, I'm on the air. Um, so and forming a relationship with these guys and, um, just kind of paying my dues. I wasn't immediately like who I was a year later after I got on the, on the air. Like, you know, I took right. years to develop, you know, this is Swain Tech we're talking about here. These are not like just regular radio personalities. You know what I mean? These are, these are, um, you know, people that are very guarded about who they let into their crew and right. very, you know, um, they're not going to place their trust in their legacy and show that they spent years building and cultivating with just anybody. So I felt honored. So I was very humble and, you know, um, still am about being involved with that. So, you know, that's one place that I kind of, um, 
I leveled up is being on the, on the air, but turning it to scratch horse courses and like doing production and shit like that. My influences were, you know, still the same jazzy Jeff, um, for like the scratching, the sheer technical ability and kind of layering it on top of things in just the right way and being so funky and clean with it. And, and on cash money yeah. was also another one, you know, um, right. They just did it like nobody else, man. There was a lot of DJs flying around at that time, but nobody did shit like them. You know, they right. exposed it, man. They just made it shine. It just, it just jumped out. And, um, you know, then when DJ Premier got around to doing it and he just started laying phrases on top of an existing beat and it sounded fucking amazing. It was a DJ mix. He was doing DJ yeah. shit on a record. You know, he was right. making, it was like taking a phrase from this record and blending it with a phrase from this record he just uh, up the level like 10 times for me. And so I knew that when I started hearing that, he started really doing it around stepping the arena. And um, I, it was game over for me because I knew that I could do that. I was already at a skill level where I knew that I could do that times 10. So that's what I started doing on my mixtapes. I started doing heavy multi-track layering. I mean, just ridiculous shit on a four track. And then I got a six track and then one of the tracks broke. So I had a five track, um, <laughs> you know, but it was all, you know, it was all a learning process preparing me for my future, you know? So, yeah, you know, the scratch choruses thing, man, like even to this day, I'm trying to up my level every single time, you know, right. every, t every time someone asks me to do a session or a scratch session on somebody's record or a hook or something i'm trying to beat out the last time i did it not necessarily with technical skill but maybe i'll drop one crazy scratch that i've never done but it's really about the wordplay and tying what i'm doing into the artist that has already laid their shit down i need to be a part of that i can't stomp on it i can't be like oh i'm taking over this track you know this is about right. to be me this is about <laughs> yeah. this about revolution on this shit. It's about me being a part of it, me being a feature, like it would say in the credits. So, because a lot of DJs, man, they do stomp on it, and it just sounds not classic, not classy. It sounds yeah. like they just there's something about it. And if you haven't spent you know 25 years listening to other DJs do it, then you're missing a huge component of what makes me a success at doing it. You know, just listening yeah. to how it's supposed to be done you know listening to albums like step in the arena or even like epmd with dj scratch or whoever it is you listen to over and over and over again until it's drilled into your brain about how it should be done how the culture should be represented how the sound that you're playing on your turntable is supposed to be manipulated in a certain way to add these characteristics to that sound to make it something else and it, yep. to make it be like, if they took that away from the song, the song would never be the same. Yeah. Right. That's the goal. It's not to just add to it. It's the, the goal is to make it be something that the song could not live without. So when I present it to the artist that's doing it, they got to be like, yo, okay, I'm sold, you know, with no questions asked, you know? So, that's dope. That that's a that's like such a cool way to put it because that's exactly what you did. Like I said, just those two songs I mentioned, I could never imagine them without your scratches, and like they're like a complete part of the song. And like I sing along to them, just like the words or the way I hear the beat or the bassline or the drum pattern. Like they go yeah. with it in that perfect way, and it's almost so, like each scratch phrase is a a word and you know or a verse to me. 
yeah so it's like um take any guitar solo from any famous song like you know yeah beat it right like right the, the shred that goes on in that i mean the song it's just iconic and would never have been the same song without that or like a crazy drum solo or a breakdown or whatever it is that just you know is not the full feature of the song but you know the song would have just died without it you know what i mean it just yeah. does not live the same with without whatever that certain artist that's featured on it like you know a lot of jazz artists did that man they were in the same studio sessions and you know when you know someone came into another person's session and just laid that one fucking melody or that one riff that just lit up the whole song or changed it like that's just that's music man and i feel like it's missing people just want to get in and like check out these dope flares and these orbits i can do in the middle of this song between these guys verses it's you know it's about listening to how it was done in its in its beginning stages and understanding how you can evolve that and still showcase your skill and your knowledge and everything that you represent in this little eight bar section yeah that's amazing such a good way to put it that's uh that's why you're a master uh but <laughs> but it's true because i mean those are you know those records i'm referencing are are old at this point but you were doing it then and then just through mm -hmm. time i mean some of the most insane things you've put out you know what i mean from uh the stuff you did you know on your albums and the stuff mm -hmm. that you did with spin bad you know rest in peace yep. um yep. you know that was just every time almost game changing legendary leveling up type stuff you know where it was like if someone else wants to do that they got to really try to figure it out and step their game up yeah that's that's kind of the goal too that's the ego that i always you know refer yeah. back to like oh the you healthy. guys want to do this okay well try and do it like this then <laughs> yes yes that's true that sounds like what my son says to me all the time can you do this can you do it like this i'm like <laughs> No, I can't. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you're smaller than me. That's why. Um, <laughs> right. <but laughs> you're more limber. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. Oh, man. we've uh, There's so much stuff I wanted to ask you. We've been talking forever, so I don't want to keep you too long. But um, it's all good, I mean, there was... Uh, you know, from 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 that stuff to just radio in itself. I mean, how experienced you are in the radio world, just from wake up show to you've DJed on so many different stations and in different uh, ways, right? So, I mean, is there anything? You know, you don't need to go too in de in depth, but any lessons you've taken away from radio that you could pass on to people, or something that you've learned from that, or that you liked. Uh, yeah, I mean, radio gave me um, uh, a unique perspective on a lot of things, man. It was like a serious wake-up call when I got in the in the inners of the the building, you know. Like, and I got to the <laughs> yeah. belly of the beast, you know, um, and then and wiggled around in there until I got to a safe space to figure out what's going on. And because, um, yo, I didn't a lot of people have this this thing now where they're like they're they're trying to be djs to to uh as in uh to further their agenda to be to be something else or to be they want a dj just to be a dj right so yeah that's not how i, I they want to be a dj to get in the music business or get on the radio i didn't do any of that i was 
just a, just DJing. I just loved the shit. I wasn't being successful. I worked regular jobs and, until I got on the radio. Right. You know, so I was like, well, at least I can come home from my shit job and have fun DJing. So, yeah, you know, and then, and, and that's great. But you know, when it started to, to work out, I was like, oh shit, I better turn the heat up. So when I got in the radio, man, it was like, okay, now this explains everything. It's like, oh, the magician just showed me how he does his trick. And it's just right, everything, right. just the, the curtains came up, man. I saw it all. And it was like, <laughs> wow, okay, this is why terrible artists are succeeding. This is why there's <laughs> scumbags in the music business. This is yes. why everyone's talking about how much radio sucks and, and like how it's depressing and like, you know, soul eating. And it's like, okay. You know, I'm over here on this little safe island called the Wake Up Show, but I'm also every day because I was a mix show coordinator at um, at the beat for a long time, you know, for about a year and a half. I mean, it's not a long time yeah. in radio. That's a long time. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, yeah, almost two years. And um, I learned a lot on the programming side and the management side from that. And, you know, it helped me be ready for something like Twitch because when you're on the radio, you know that there's a million people listening. When I was on the beat at its peak, when we were number one at any given time, at any slot, there was probably close to half a million people listening That's at crazy. any given time. And that's, a, right. that was just a fact. It was in a book of the, the ratings book, you know, like, <laughs> right. You know, quarter million to a half a million people are listening to you, not actively listening to you, probably passively more so than people that are really tuned in to the wake up show. They had motherfuckers really dialed in. We had it. Oh, we yeah. and, and other shows that were on there, specialty shows, people were actively listening. But anyway, yeah. we, I we were, to, we were recording it on a tape. Right. So <laughs> I, was I like, say uh, that, Oh, pausing the commercial. I say, I say that to, to, to make my point that I knew that there was an, even though I couldn't see those people like in a club or a party, I knew that the fucking pressure was immense like that. I felt that pressure for a long time. Like, Oh shit, I'm appearing with these guys and on this station. Fuck man. Damn. All right. I got to get it in gear and I got to go, man. I got to, I got to go through all the music. I got to play the right songs. Like, cause once they handed it off to me, I was the music guy like tech brought his records in, you know, sometimes and tech brought the artists in and sway uh, brought his a few records in, but I was, I was the music guy. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I was, you know, shows on go rev. Let's go. What do you got? <laughs> right. You know, fuck, I better be good. I better play the dope shit. So, so the pressure is um, something that I'm referring to as my point. I don't want to get off track. You know, it really helped me um, visualize like, the instant reaction of somebody listening to a, to the radio hearing it because that's what i did my reaction yeah. was the same so if you know like if somebody fucked up and or didn't do the right thing or if the mix was off or whatever i remember what it was like when i heard it when someone else did it yeah and i was like oh shit okay <laughs> now i'm on the other side and so the pressure was really there but you know Without being, um, you know, telling radio stories, man, it's really it's really hard to explain that in a, in a short amount of time, the amount of things that I learned from being in, on the radio outside of the wake up show. You know, it was like a full blown, um, you know, course to get a Ph.D., you know. Yeah, like, I'm sure I DJed on every every major station in L.A., including Power 106, you know, 
And we, I was on 92.3 to beat when it was still the beat. Then it turned into 100.3. Yeah. And then we went to Power 106. And then we got off the air. Then we came back to Power 106. And then, you know, and throughout that time, we were syndicated all over the world and did simulcasts with Sony on their website and all this other shit. So um, I learned a lot. And I was um, all over radio for um, a long time. Still am. You know, I'm, 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 this is my eighth year on Shade 45. So. So, uh, what's your? Sh- how often are you on Shade Forty Five now? So it's twice a week. Um, Monday nights, you know, we do from seven to nine p.m. Um, um, PST, and then it's on right before Sway on Thursday morning. So early morning New York time, but super late night Cali time. And uh, is that you and Tech or? Yes, yeah, it's, it's yes. Yeah, it's, it's still the wake up show, you know. But it's like it's me and Tech for the most part you know with like features and it's more like a mixtape now you know what i right. mean it's like i'm just going at it and i'm doing all kinds of shit some of the stuff that i do on twitch i, I port it and freak it and flip it up for the show because the sets are so ill that i just want to do it on the show so you so you produce two original dj sets per week for that show every single week and no in so it's the- one show it's one show that gets rerun the thursday okay so it's right. one okay. wake up show and then it's three twitch streams and then it's school i was gonna say because that's i mean the the twitch streams alone and the school and all that and just and your school <laughs> and all that i mean that's oh i thought you were saying homeschool yeah your dj school yeah, well, as well that too you know but you know luckily my wife is still able to um be home from work you know or work from home right. and do things like that so she's able to really you know kick in with that stuff especially in the yeah. morning you know when i don't so i don't have to drag ass out of bed after going to bed at three in the morning four in the morning so right thankful right. for that so yeah and um yeah it's it's a lot man but you know what it's nothing different than i've i've been experiencing my entire life man it's the same load it's just carrying different things it gets lighter yeah. then it gets heavier and if you don't get equipped to carry a heavy load you're just not going to be around a long time that's just period man you carry your load just like everybody else does man and you put in the work and you get used to it and um you know you look at a yeah. boxer in the ring for 12 rounds and how you think how the fuck are you taking those many punches and still standing up you might even win this fight but you look like shit you know but but it's it's real you get used to it you tolerate it you know you lean all the way into it and you you power through the rough spots man because everybody had a really rough year last year you know some more than others you know i have my own personal stuff going on just like everybody else and um if you're not equipped to take that when it hits you and it knocks you so far off balance and you weren't ready you're not coming back from that you know like that this is a this is a crazy time and if you weren't ready for it to be able to switch gears and jump into Twitch or, you know, find or you turn the heat up on another revenue stream or whatever it is you were doing, then, you know, you just weren't built for it, you know, and if you want to, you want to bow out because it gets tough, you know, then we're not speaking the same language, you know, like, cause I, I, I like you said earlier, man, I do it the hip hop way. You find a way, you know, find yeah. a way to make this shit work with whatever shit you got in your studio. You only got one Mac. Guess what? You're streaming off of that one yeah. Mac with the FaceTime cam and shit quality you right. know, or, and mad struggles, but you made it happen. And guess what? Some people turn that into a gold mine. Yeah. And so that's the hip hop mentality, man. Just find a way to do it, set it up the way that somebody that's not hip hop would never have figured out. Right. You know, that did carry this weight of trying to struggle to get up um, 
in in a time when it wasn't it wasn't successful like no my whole family looked at me like yo what are you doing man you're 19 years old and you're telling me you're not going to go to college and you're going to play rap music you're going to you're going to scratch records you're going to buy big speakers and do big parties that's what you're telling me right Right. yep that's what i'm telling you And, and they're like man you're setting yourself up to have a hard life i was like i don't give a fuck i'll take it so, you know, I, I come from that. So that's how I'm able to manage, man. Nothing has really changed. It's just, you know, more of the same, more yeah. of the roller coaster ride that we all um, experience doing this DJ shit. You know, I'm sure you've had your shares of ups and downs, just like every other DJ or producer in this game. It's like, you know, For some sure. days you look at it like, yo, fuck this. I'm throwing it all away. But then the next day <laughs> you get up and you're like, ah, oh, man, I feel great. That was a great stream or, you know, whatever. It's so true. I know it's true. Yeah. Just this year alone. I mean, what, what's like, do you have any sort of lesson that you've learned from the pandemic or just something about resilience over this past year that, that maybe you didn't realize as much before this all happened? So nothing that really, um, that was new because I just knew that when the shit hit the fan, and everyone else was scrambling, not for money, but scrambling because their, you know, their job went away. Um, I, I'm like, I mean, scrambling like, oh, shit, got to get on Twitch. Oh, shit, got to stream live. Got to do this. Got to do all this. Everyone was running around crazy. <laughs> yeah. The weight that I've been carrying and the tolerance that I built up and the patience and the wisdom that I've acquired through all these years in the music business paid off, you know, mentally and financially because i sat back instead of panicking and scrambling i watched everybody else do what they do and because of all the things that i've done in the past and the theories that i've put into play in my career um were intact they proved to work when the shit hit the fan so i didn't really need to do anything man i just i was like hmm why is everyone running around like it's the fucking end of the world? Don't y'all have other shit that you do? You don't have you don't make beats? You don't um, you know, collaborate with artists like you oh, that's all you did was you you're you're a 25-year veteran DJ. All you did was make beats. You don't have any connections like could hook you up. You don't have any like what have you been doing? And right. you know what I'm saying like Whatever yeah. it was, even if you just, you know, milk your connections that you made over the years, you know, right. it wasn't like the, it was the end of the world. People were still doing business. People were, you just weren't going into the office. The, the shit was yeah. still running. It was hard at first. Don't get me wrong. It sucked because, you know, all the classes went away. Students that were taking classes with me when COVID hit have not come back yet. And that's just, you know, it's been over, been safe. But I just learned the lesson that I learned is I was doing the right shit this whole time. Yeah. That's, that's the lesson I learned. Yeah. Validated all the work you've put in and, and all the experiences you've had that led you up to this point. Um, yeah. I was able to take that punch. Like I've taken all the other punches and, um, you know, and keep moving and in fact, get better and move forward because you know, the same thing happened to me when I came out here and from the East Coast. I came, I came up with this hustle. I came up with this drive, this mentality. So when I got out here, 
with that, I don't know, maybe it's an East Coast thing. A lot of people out here tell me that. When I came out here, man, I got my shit done quick. I got on quick, man. Yeah. And I put my foot in this shit's ass as quick <laughs> as I could because yeah. that's how I got things done where I, I came from. And people, I was I was looking at everybody like, man, it's pretty laid back out here. That's a good thing for me because I'm running 100 <laughs> miles an hour and I'll see y'all later. Right, and, right. Um, you know, so kind of the same thing happened with COVID. It's like everybody shut down. Great. Time for me to move. Time for me yeah. to start making making big moves and connecting with people and work even harder so that when this shit is really all done, I got new things on the horizon, you know, and that's what I feel like a lot of people are not doing. You know, you adapted, you're doing your thing and, and everybody's kind of, you know, you know, in, in that same space. But I know yeah. a lot of people that are not, you know, they're just kind of like waiting to see what's going to happen and waiting for the clubs to reopen and the world to get back to some kind of normalcy. And we're all going to be ahead of those people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's those are great lessons right there. Um Let's see. Yo, I asked uh, some people on the internet for questions and some people okay. wrote in a few things. Why don't we, we can go through some of those and uh, see what, see what's up. I also got, you know, like some people, so many things we, we still didn't talk about, but we could be here for like 10 hours if we did. But um, <laughs> You can do a part like, two, man. It's all yeah, good. we'll do a, we'll do a part two one day because uh, I know you were at, you know, uh, DJ camp. We got some great stories from that. Uh, what was oh, it called? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tina's camp. Uh, yeah, yeah, camp spinoff. Camp spinoff. Why am I blanking on the name? Yeah, As Is was telling me some funny stuff from... Uh, you and yep. puns and different things up there and i'm sure that plays into the the learning and you know so many things your mixtape world and all that stuff but um let's see let's see what some of the people wrote in um oh this is an interesting one we could start with uh ross larock says will no rules truly open format djing make a comeback it's more of an opinion based one yeah, I mean that is a, a good question, and I yeah. think I feel like it does relate to what we've been talking about um, as, as DJs have changed um, regarding Twitch because now we can do whatever we want and we are our true selves. And there is really the open format DJ is not thriving here. You know, they're they're just not. You know, you need to play you. You need to do you. You need to pick your whatever it is. You can play all different genres of music. Don't get me wrong, but that style of DJing, that open format, because that really means something. It is a, like a, a true terminology. You know, it doesn't mean a DJ that just plays. You know, every, a little bit of everything. It means like that was a it was a there's a there's something attached to that, like almost like a stigma, and I don't feel like that exists really. Um, prominently on twitch or with streams because it, you gotta give now that they don't have there's not that dance floor there's not that club environment energy or that party energy and it's not loud music coming out of giant speakers and lights and all this weird shit it's just music and you have to kind of play music that is interesting in in an yeah. interesting way so i don't think that it's not going to disappear because there's always going to be room for an open format DJ because that that's the general public. The general yeah. public is open format. You know, right, I like everything. Right. 
You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, no, that, oh, yeah, I like that song. But, you know, I really like this. I really like Drake, but then I really like John Denver, you know? Right. So, but do I want to hear them in the same set together? Hell no. <laughs> so <laughs> right. that's open format DJing, you know? It's like, you know, the stu- some of the stuff that AM used to throw in or some of the shit that Z still throws in his set is like borderline open format, you know? But really that phrase came about like around, you know, his time at his peak, you know, because everybody he would throw so much different shit in his sets and be able to make it work where nowhere where no matter where he was, that became a thing because people tried to, you know, they emulated that. And so I think it'll I think it'll be around. I don't think it's ever gonna be that again after this. Right. Right. No, that that's interesting. I never thought about it like that. That op- the open format style that you're referring to very much works for dance floors, but not necessarily as much for the streaming or different things. And that the things that seem to be working is when an open format DJ or whatever it would be can do specific themed sets, whether it's a type of music or a type of vibe or a type of show or whatever it is on, on Twitch and probably yeah, because come back Open out, format yeah. DJing to me was always a little bit um, frantic and like all over the place. You know, and so that's not what people are listening for or watching for now. And I think the longer right. people linger on Twitch and get accustomed to what we're all doing on Twitch, that might have an impact on what people expect when they go back and get into a place where there's because I, you know, when I was coming up, there was True. no I was like, yo, I did hip hop clubs or I did the R&B club. Or yeah. and then maybe at the R and B club, if the shit got up tempo enough, I might play some house music, you know. Like, but I was not like, I might toss in a little bit of reggae just to get these few chicks off my back or whatever it was, you know. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, you know. So, but it wasn't like I was all over the place. Like the needle on an open format DJ just spiked all over the place, and I could never really get a good solid head nod going, you know. Like, wow, this is real dope. Like, I could get it. They never lingered in a groove for too long and that's what people are doing on twitch man they're grooving you know right you know like you can play everything you want but let me live there a little bit let me let me enjoy you have all the time in the world and no pressure why are you why are you tripping man why are you djing like there's a a, you know a full-on vegas club and fucking confetti and bottle service going on like that doesn't (laughs) make any sense to me right no you're right yeah that's some of the ones i gravitate to is like when i'm watching dj epic like you said or the funk hunters or like people that it's a vibe man yeah well you're in there for a long time and and you know what to you you know what to expect but you don't you trust them you're you're trusting their vision and that's what being a dj is all about being able to gain people's trust and an open format uh, oh i don't want to say all of them but open format djs were generally too timid to to try and gain people's trust they were afraid of the crowd a lot of the time like because they just didn't know what the crowd wanted a lot of them were just were so happy that it was open format because that means they didn't really have to know a lot about one specific genre of music because they didn't have to keep it there, right? So in other words, you didn't have to have a lot of musical knowledge. You just had to have a lot of music and be able to mix it together. Like, But if if I found one spot that everybody really liked in one groove and I was able to then start picking through my crates and give that to them for a little while, that's how you gain an audience trust. That's how you gain... Um, that listenership on the radio or wherever it is you're on a mixtape or you stay in a pocket you stay in a groove for a little bit and i think that's what people are experiencing right now is true djing like you're 
you know, you can play all kinds of shit. Like the people that you mentioned, they play all kinds of stuff, but it's done tastefully and they stay there and they, you know, they, they feel it out and then they, they kind of experiment with it. So it's not what I would consider true open format DJ. Anyway, rambling on that one, but that was a good question. All right. Green moose 33. Uh, she asks, um, which I want to ask her this question right back, but she said, uh, how did you come up with the name revolution? So, um, yeah. So yeah, you should ask her that question. <laughs> Green um, Moose 33. We were yeah, wondering that so, for you as well. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I had a few names that were all terrible before revolution and, um, you know, <laughs> what were they? <laughs> um, one of them was, uh, I, one of them was good. And then a DJ came out with the name. So I threw it away. It was a uh, K Swift. And then, you know, that was a DJ for a a hip hop group that I liked. And I was like, damn, God damn it. (laughs) So, yeah, the name, um, I had a few terrible names. You know, one of them was K-Swift and uh, I threw it away because that ended up being a DJ's name for one of my uh, favorite rap groups at the time. It was called The Alliance. And um, anyway, you know, I just thought I thought long and hard about it and probably thought too much, like overthought it. But. I mean, it just was, it made sense that, you know, I'm about, um, change and constantly, um, changing myself, changing my environment. I never get comfy ever. I always want to change things about myself or the way I'm doing things. And, um, to me, that was, I was revolution, you know, revolution means, um, changing things or, or, but it usually means by drastic measures, you know, there's never been like a peaceful revolution. Or like an yeah. easy revolution. It's not easy going. Revolution is not easy going. Yeah. That's perfect. I'm not an easy going guy, you know? I'm not I mean, I'm not an asshole, but I'm not, you know, like I'm 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 kind of a hard ass, you know. So um that right. fit, but it also just fit everything that I did. All my records, you know, 33 and a, a third um, you know, revolutions per minute, the record revolves, all of that built into my personality, which, you know, kind of meant, you know, I'm constantly drastically changing things, even at at a young age, because I think I changed my name when I was like, I think I had it since I was like 17 or something like that. So I changed my name early, but I mean, even even then I already knew like that was it. That was perfect for me. You know, I'm always changing everything about me and I'm never happy with like, you know, status quo or the way things are done or the way other people are doing shit. You know, I just... Anyway, yeah, that's that's where the name comes from. Yeah, that's great. That's super deep. And it's crazy that you were able to think in those terms as a 17-year-old, too. Yeah, I mean, I kind of had to because I was like, man, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. I better get my name in order. You know what I'm saying? Better get my my shit straight. Yeah. You know, I should have just went with Green Moose 33. I mean, that's a classic name, obviously. Yeah, a lot man. of people have Take that. it already. Um, <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Well, thank you, Green Moose. We appreciate it. <laughs> um, all right, let's see what's next. We got Benny Needles in the house. Uh, he is the hip-hop uh, homie from back in the day. Oh, he says, no question, just that Revolution and Primo are scratch chorus gods. So uh, mm. there you go. Thank you. Much yes, appreciated. Thank you, Benny. Good looking out. He, he, will, he will appreciate the part where we went over that. So uh, yep. all right, let's see. We got... We got um, a couple more. Um, this one, this is a kind of a serious one. You know, if you don't want to get into it, it's all good. Uh, DJ Perform asks, what was the last conversation you had with DJ Spinbad? Hmm. Man, it was a pretty uh, pretty intense conversation. 
Um, we went on, we were talking about a lot of personal stuff, man. Um, you know, stuff that I can't really discuss, but it was pretty, yeah. pretty intense, man. And, uh, it was a very memorable conversation and, um, you know, he was just going through a lot of shit in his life, man. And, um, you know, it was after a gig that we did together and we just, you know, the gig was over, you know, a long time ago. We just were there chopping it up in the little green room. Uh, this was in Salt Lake City. And we just were, okay. you know, talking about just life shit, man. Yeah. You know, as we often did, because, you know, you know, we're busy as DJs. And even though we're good friends, you know, we talk by text every now and then or maybe a quick phone call here and there or, you know, some Internet bullshit on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is. <clears throat> but it was never really like a serious conversation. Yeah. It's just like two buddies catching up, you know. But this was like when we really were in person, it was like it was pretty real, man or pretty fun either either way it was like intense on either level it was like right when i'm with that dude it was like major fucking you know crazy life altering fun or like whoa this is seriously deep shit you know right so but yeah crazy. i mean it was pretty deep yeah wow well yeah rest in peace man such a such a crazy yep. loss over this last year yeah, um all right, let's see. Dope, it's Domino. He's always coming through with some good questions. He said, when is N12's We Trust Part 2 coming? Mm. <laughs> Man, that's a good question. You know, I've always thought about doing that, you know, because King of the Dex was definitely not N12's We Trust Part 2. Yeah. Um, you know, that was a hip-hop album. That was 100% like hip-hop and dj culture fused you know what i mean yeah the right. 12s we trust and i always wondered that man because king of the decks far outweighs in 12s we trust in terms of technical skill um the list and a list of talented artists that are involved with it you know um it's just it's my sophomore um so solo release i had so much more power in it and it was on duck down records and there's so much more about it that made it so much more impactful and powerful but no right. matter where i went in the world people showed up when in 12s we trust to sign or <laughs> you know said things like this you know like you know wherever i go it's always in 12s we trust and and which is amazing to me it's great you know it's 20 years old at this point so yeah and you know part two uh, it, it, it could come soon, but, you know, I have other things that I'm working on that need to get out first, you know, um, that yeah. are just fresher and on top of mind. But it's it's I've always thought about it. But, to, you know, to do that, I mean, to top something that stood the test of time for 20 years and then just come out of the blue with part two would be it would be requiring a lot of lot of things on my end to make it really do its job because you know how i do shit man i can't just do it because i need to do it it's got to get done right you know it's got to get done to my standards and it's got to yeah. be that shit that everyone would expect oh shit right. it's coming out it's got to like this can't be a detox you know what i mean it <laughs> yeah. got too big for him to ever even put it out because the expectation was so high that it would never have lived up to that expectation it's never coming out because of that so right I can't That's do crazy. that, but you know, the yeah. answer is, um, it could come sooner than everyone expects, but it could also never come. I don't know. All right. So like 22 years from now, we'll see here. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be my swan song. I'm out of here, y'all. Here you go. Here's part two. <laughs> Suck on that Please. when I, you know, I'm going to retire. We'll we'll play it inside of your metaverse mansion with our VR goggles on. Yeah. Oh, that uh, sounds good, man. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> 
Uh, oh my God. All right. Well, well, we've heard, you've told us so much. I mean, anyone that's listened all the way through, I feel like has gotten their own masterclass in many things and many topics. Um, before we get out of here, a couple things though, just, I wanted to ask about, um, first, if you want to talk about it, just on some nerdy thing, um, because I feel like you're so good at all of these technical things and teaching people. And we had DJ Excel on here and DJ Dynamics and Matsu and certain people that uh, gave some pretty good tips on their music organization, like for being mm-hmm. a DJ, that people seem to love. And so I didn't know if you had any, you don't have to go crazy in depth, but if you have any special tips on music organization or keeping your stuff organized, I think people would benefit from that. So, I mean, I have a lot of years of collecting records and organizing records, like physical records, real vinyl behind me. So when, you know, that transferred immediately into being able to organize stuff in a computer. Yeah. Um, But it does pile up and it does just, you know, because the accessibility is just, you know, ridiculous. You can get anything at any time and any amount. And that's what people do. They overconsume, and then they just end up fucked because they got too much music and don't know how to organize it. So, yeah. you know, something I definitely go over and teach in in classes. You know, um, develop de- develop your own system by all means. But if right. you need tips, find somebody that's found an efficient way. You know, I I polled people when I was when I was like, man, this isn't working. I asked people like Excel, hey man, how do you do that? Or I I poll people, and um. Whether it works or not, it doesn't matter, but it's good to have that tip. So the way I do it is um, I kind of mimic the um, – I, I organize it on my hard drive first. So I create folders like um, hip-hop. And then in hip-hop, I have 80s hip-hop, 90s right. hip-hop, 2000s hip-hop. And then I'll drag that hip-hop folder and make a crate in Serato. Right? So all those songs will um, – be their own crates right and then the 80s will be a sub crate 90s will be a sub crate 2000s will be a sub crate so it's all organized by decade same thing with my 70s and then i i have it i mean honestly but my shit is a is a little ocd you know like i have all my acapellas organized alphabetically by artist just the acapella section but it really helps me when i go to dig in for scratch courses because i don't really ever use anything but acapellas anymore for scratch courses right why why would i you know what i'm saying like unless there's no acapella for in existence or i can't find a phrase that meets what i need then i have to either yeah. make my own or just be stuck with um you know doing that so that's really helped um you know because i do manage a lot of music in different genres um my system has really helped me prepare for this Twitch and it's this music overload of sets. Yeah. And um, I organized, now I have a, a set, a folder in Serato or a crate in Serato. It's called um, New Stream Sets. And I've archived every stream set that I've ever done as its own set. Um, so I can go back and see what I've played. And so I've referenced that almost every time that I've streamed. So I'm not repeating songs. So I probably have repeated maybe 12, 12 songs in the entire four-month schedule. What? That's nuts. So because I try to stay away from it. so I, And creating right. new theme sets has also helped me do that too. Because now, um, you know, I can just 
man, I got so many themes. They're just, they're just falling out of me, man. Like I got <laughs> so I do so many themes, man. It's just, it's driving me crazy. I'm, I'm excited tonight. Cause I'm not going to do a theme, you know? I mean, <laughs> my non theme is basically a theme tonight's theme. No theme, <laughs> you know? I mean, basically, but as far as organization goes, it really helps me when I'm downloading to know that I download a song. It goes to my downloads folder. Where does that song go now? I put it in its respective folder, and then I drag that folder over the crate in Serato so it only populates with the new songs that are in that folder, but all the other songs remain there. So it's an extra step, but I know exactly where everything is on my hard drive and in my Serato. So right. it su serves a dual purpose. It helps things stay yeah. organized on my hard, hard drive and in my Serato crate, so it's just not cl clouded with junk. But what has really fucked me up, though, is the overabundance of videos that I've downloaded in the last four months. I've oh gone absolutely insane with it. <laughs> like music videos? Yes, and other videos, like videos to put in streams and shit like that, weird, obscure stuff that I can I play. And so now, since I never played one video in my entire DJ career as a DJ... I'm going from having zero videos in January to um, thousands, maybe. Already. Yeah, you need a, a whole nother and, drive for that. And so now I don't, they, dude, I am out of control, unorganized with the videos. That's <laughs> where, because it's all happened so fast and I never played videos before. I can't mix right. them in the same folders as the audio files. Like, what, no. what is, and so, that part of it is to be continued. I'm drowning right. in videos right now. Dr absolutely oh drowning. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I can relate. I'm like, I feel like I'm so far deep in that I like, I just want to like wipe my whole thing and like start over. W once I start trying to work backwards from what I've done, I'm like, why did I do this? Like, because yeah, everything you're saying makes sense, but I'm at this it's hard weird to do point. I did. I've done that twice because I've been on Serato almost 20 years. You know, it's, it's been, yeah. it's crazy that that's been, you know, the last 20 years since 2004, early 2004. And so, you know, I've wiped my, my Serato crates twice. Like I've wiped everything cleaned up. Like I just said, fuck it. I can't take it anymore. You know, I know. Like this is, I'm not having any fun DJing. I'm stressing out and typing. That's what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> that's know, happens to me anymore. sometimes. Yeah, I get paralyzed by just like, there's too much. I don't even know where to go and right where now. Where is I'm that like, record? I know it was in here. It's not in this folder? Oh, shit, it's not in yeah. that folder. It's not I in my library. I can't even think of the name anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and so then, boom, set is derailed. And like, you're not even having any fun anymore at that point. So, you know, it, it does get to a point where it's overwhelming. I am quickly approaching that point with this video shit, man. I don't even know where <laughs> any of this shit is, man. Because I'm all, I've only downloaded... Um, basically hip-hop shit i haven't even started with the pop or the old school type stuff like i'm the freestyle like i haven't even gone that way yet right so yeah and the files are huge it's a whole it's a whole yeah, new beast man. yeah yeah crazy um all right well before we get out of here you got any uh well two things um let everyone know where they could find you um online so we make sure they can check out your school your club and uh yep. all that stuff um and also if you have any kind of parting words for all the djs out there listening you know words of encouragement or or whatever you want to say to them before we get out of here yeah so you could check me at um 
skillsovereverything.com. That's the website. I'm on Instagram at skillsovereverything.com. And, um, you know, the email, if you're interested um, for direct in- inquiries, is uh, hello at skillsovereverything.com. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm located on the west side of Los Angeles and, you know, easily accessible virtually. So, um, you know, Facebook and Twitter and all that other stuff, is it just remains the same. It's just, you know, it is what it is. Twitch is DJ Revolution, S-O-E. That's skills over everything. And, um, you know, that's the only thing I regret about um, being um, uh, the wise old DJ and waiting to get on Twitch. Is somebody fucking jacked my name. You know what I mean? Is so, there somebody, does somebody use it? Like there's a yes, person? Yes, and it's the same thing that was happening with a lot of um, socials early on. You know, people know um that they that they're doing it wrong and they just take it and they know that because they got it early that they're going to gain followers and traction when people start looking me up you know and that's exactly what happened the guy that took it does he know who you are well this is what i'm saying look if you know who i was and you did it anyway then fuck you you know right but if (laughs) you didn't because what you know you don't have you're not smart enough to google it well then fuck you too um (laughs) yes so your only excuse is you don't have internet so if you don't have internet my apologies man you know i yeah but they're streaming on twitch so i don't think that's right so that's what i'm saying so it doesn't make any sense but i know that person um is using it now more than ever because that people go searching me up and they get him wow it's just that's crazy right so then all of a sudden it looks like he's got followers Right. right And so this is the type of shit I would tell my students all the time. You know, when you get your name, get on all that right away. Yeah. No delay. Snatch it all up. That's real yeah. estate. And you missing if you're missing out. So I didn't I didn't think I was gonna be streaming um that much. So I didn't really care early on in the game. And when I was gonna do it, I set up a, um I was trying to set up skills over everything. Right. Because I was trying to really go hard at that. Because I knew when I came back, when everything came back, that was going to be my focus. So I didn't really care about that. And then, boom, here we go. Now, there's there's one of me. There's an I am DJ Revolution. There's like a real. There's it's all the same bullshit all over again. Yeah. You know. So, but you yeah. can check me at DJ Revolution SOE. If you see that floating around, that is me. Skills over everything. Um. So yeah, I mean, those are some good parting words right there. If you're an aspiring DJ or a DJ that's just starting out, you better snatch all that shit up real quick because it becomes a real pain in the ass when you get to, um, you know, be deep in the in the business or really start to come up. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it's like I was saying before, virtual real estate in those metaverse worlds, like the, yep. your name is the ultimate virtual real estate. Like I can't even get my Twitter name to this day. And the dude hasn't tweeted for like years. And I'm yeah. like, yo. It's so intellectual kind of property. You know what I'm saying? And you could always, they could be cool about it. You can offer, always offer them up some money, you know, but it's like, right. yo, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be all right. You know, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. worry about that. So, you know, those are some words. But, you know, again, to really in general, you know, stay, stay moving people, you know, stay moving forward, stay getting better, stay pushing yourself and and keep challenging yourself no matter what it is you do, because, you know, the world is, is, is changed forever, but it's, it's still here. And we, we're doing this, you know, especially DJs, we're doing this shit. And it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing that's happening with all this tech stuff being now put into 
the DJ culture and the DJ community. And um, even if it's something that you're not going to do regularly, you need to understand it and learn it or you're going to get left behind, period, because this is the only moving forward. There's no going back after this. It's like you took the you took that pill. You sat in front of Morpheus and you took that pill. You're awake yeah. now. You know what's happening. So so get with it, you know. That's that's the truth. Yo, give it up. Give it up for DJ Revolution. Hey, yes. some applause. Real applause. That's right. Real applause. Where's those bits? I need those bits falling out of the, the claps. Oh, I didn't know I'd cut off the applause by hitting the air horn, but good way to end it right there. <laughs> still new. My little sound effect system is uh, still figuring that out. But, yo, thank you so much for coming on the show and dropping all that knowledge and wisdom. And it was fun just to catch up with you. I really yeah, appreciate man, for it. Sure. Definitely, man. Miss being able to hang out with people. You know what I'm saying? It's I know. Just, uh, I know. You know, because I, I used to just have, you know, invite people down to the school and stop by and, you know, whatever. I used to, you know, stop by other ple people's places. And now it's like, you know, we, we just not we're not even there yet. So I know we're getting back. I mean, my uh, I guess my two week day after my second vaccine shot was yesterday. So I think I'm oh, cleared. Nice. I'm cleared to hang out with people. But I okay. think I stayed inside my house all day and night yesterday. <laughs> I was like, today's the day. I didn't leave. I walked my dog or something like, but yeah, it feels so really, weird. It's weird because just because you have yours doesn't you mean anything right. really. It means that you're, you're, you're cool. That means you're good. Yeah. You're good to go. But you know, I haven't even gotten my first shot yet. So like, right. you know, and that's, I'm, that's not out of the ordinary. So I, until like it really starts to, saturate i think you know it's we're in for a little bit more of what we've been doing and plus you know in other countries man that shit is still raging it's out of go, control it's going up it's yeah, crazy so. like that that's that's the crazy thing about them see i'm seeing them release rolling loud and all these crazy big festival lineups and then seeing other countries you know but um in a way, that's what I thought this would be like last year. Like America would be all right and everyone else would fall apart. You know, like kind of yeah, how it always yeah. is. But this this was just like once in a lifetime type shit. But um, yeah. yeah, well, one day I, w I'm, I would love to come by the school uh, once we're back back in effect. Yeah, so, man. Uh, well, you know, so um, yeah, as soon as soon as we're ready to go, man. Like I said, we're gonna be doing a cut live soon dope. and great uh, idea you know that's gonna be that's gonna be fun but you're coming on um you're coming on the cut so you know yeah that's gonna be amazing so i, I will I'll be on there i can't wait yeah next i think next week so once this episode yep. comes out you will have been uh i would have done it last night but uh go <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're time traveling but yeah i can't wait to be on there and to see you in person and uh thank you for coming on the show i'll talk to you soon yes sir peace out brother all right all right peace mm -hmm. All right, that was it. Episode 75 in the books. Thank you guys for listening and rocking with me and helping to build this community. I really appreciate it. Huge thank you to DJ Revolution for coming on and dropping all those gems. That was unbelievable. Um, hit me for anything. Questions you got, things you want me to talk about on the show, anything I could help you with. Um, at DJ Spider on Instagram, DJ S P I D E R. Hit my website, D E E J A Y S P I D E R.com. It has links to all my stuff. The 20 podcast is produced by Beat Source. Join us next week uh, for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to DJs. I will see you then. Peace. 
And that was The 20 with DJ Spider.